listeners and friends, this is episode 19 of Not Another Teen Wolf podcast, and this week is a special episode continuing along our bite-sized, in our little uh, hiatus before season three starts. This week, we are going to be tackling the very fun and potentially controversial, but surely interesting topic of shipping and fan fiction in the Teen Wolf fandom. So, as usual, any thoughts after the episode, you can always reach us on our Twitter, which is NATW Podcast, our Tumblr, which is notanothertenwolfpodcast.tumblr.com, and our email address, which is natwpodcast at gmail.com. Your hosts this week are me, which is Natalie, Karen, our other regular guest host, and we have a third guest host this week, which is Courtney. Hi, Courtney. Hi, ladies. Hi, listeners. Courtney, if you don't know, has been on an episode before, but Courtney is also one of our Not Another Teen Wolf podcast team in that she manages a lot of the activity that we do online with Tumblr and social media. And this episode is actually sort of her baby. She put together all of the information for us on this, gave us the fan fiction recommendations and is mostly leading the discussion. We will be deferring to her to uh, and asking her a lot of questions about the fan fiction side of Teen Wolf. Where can people reach you if they want to reach you, Courtney? If they want to reach me, I am usually on the Tumblr. You can just shoot a message there and I'll intercept it that way. Or on Twitter, I am under CourtneyGuy85. That is my Twitter handle. Cool. So feel free, reach out. So getting into our main discussion here, we're going to talk about shipping in particular first. And we've got a short list of the canon pairings that are existing relationships in the show or like dates or (laughs) Scott and Lydia's case, random making out, that sort of thing. And the first one here is obviously Scott and Allison. So what do you guys think of this pairing since it's pretty much the main pairing of the show? Are you interested in seeing them? together and do you like reading fan fiction about them i enjoyed them on the show um i am interested in seeing how they do split apart as far as fan fiction i've read some really good stuff that kind of goes into it a bit more like you know there's always stuff you don't see on the show i mean i i enjoy it i don't you know don't hate it as a lead romantic pairing on the show as we've sort of talked about in the discussion of the actual episode recaps I'm more interested in Scott and Allison as lead pairing than I am in most shows' lead pairings, if you know what I mean. So I do like them together. I haven't sort of sought out any fan fiction of them specifically, but most fan fiction that I have read about, you know, the group in general always has them as a pairing and, and I can, you know, see them together in the future. There's things, you know, that go into the future that have them together in ways that I can totally see happening. So I do enjoy them. Scott in particular, even though there are several pairings, uh, non-canon pairings that we're going to talk about that involve Scott, I honestly can't really see Scott with anyone else. So... I mean, if the show makes it happen, then I'm sure I'll be convinced. But at the moment, I can't really see Scott with anyone else at all. So, yeah, I'm pro them. I agree. I think Scott and Allison in the show, like you said, you know, for being the lead romantic pairing, like they're not annoying and you do really want them to be together, like, you know, endgame type of thing. Mm. So I haven't really read a whole lot of fan fiction uh, in general, but for them in particular, I haven't really had anything that was like, they're the main focus actually together, that sort of thing. But I'd be interested in it. I don't think it'd be my first choice, but I wouldn't be opposed to reading something like that. Mm. So then we have Jackson and Lydia too. What do you guys think about those together? 
I've never really read any fan fiction that in, involved them as a front, like a leading couple, but they're really mixed in a lot of fic because I mean, ever, I mean, obviously Colton's not coming back. So 50% of, of the fic I've read, they're not together and 50% they are. It's pretty mixed. I mean, I haven't really sought out anything with them. I like their development on the show. Like in season two, it really meant a lot to me. And again, as we did the recaps, I mentioned that like their kind of painfulness when they were broken up, when Lydia was discovering she he was the Canima and then they're sort of getting back together at the end and him her saving him really like touched me. Like it made me cry and I really cared about their pairing. And so I was so annoyed that he, Colton is not coming back for that reason because I don't think that's something Lydia's just gonna get over so I don't know where we'd go with her romantically. I've seen a lot of interesting fic that has again them in the background sometimes it's together sometimes it's not. A lot of the early season one I haven't read like tons but from what I've seen I've and I definitely wasn't watching Teen Wolf when season one was airing for the first time but going back, like some of the fan fiction that has the most hits on it because it's been around the longest is clearly written in the hiatus between what, season one and two where it has actually Lydia as a werewolf as well. Like a lot of people thought that the pack was going to be like Scott, Jackson and Lydia. And so that's something I've seen a few times with sort of Lydia as a werewolf and, and part of the pack and probably being dominant to Jackson in the pack. So that was an interesting idea, but obviously people follow more canonically now with writing new stuff with season two i do like them together in the show but they're, they're both people that sort of can be mixed around with a lot in fandom i think in fan fiction it's just a shame that they made out their love to be so strong in the show and, and such a you know beautiful savior thing and that it's not going to come to anything yeah i agree it's gonna be interesting to see how they explain that at the beginning of the season yeah i don't dislike jackson and lydia but now that Colton's gone, I just, I guess I don't really care about them that much because, you know, at least for season three, nothing's really going to happen. So mm. I guess I'm just kind of over that pairing for now. But maybe in the future, you know, that could be something really interesting that they could end up putting back together. Yeah. So this next one, I'm not even going to ask you if you guys like it or not, because I mean, the answer is pretty obvious, but I guess this is a question for you, Courtney, in particular. Have you read or seen any or a lot of fan fiction about Derek and Kate together? Oh, painfully. Yes, I have. There, there's a lot of fic where people will try to, I guess, explain the dynamic and try to go into what happened. And it's, it, it's interesting. Um, I know if you've read the book, they, they had, there was a little bit, but that really wasn't confirmed as canon. So a lot of people kind of have gone back and written their own. And I have read some really horrifying stuff. And I just, I think my whole summary on the ship is nope. Yeah, it's, it's honestly a thing that's sort of hard to defend. And again, I've read a few different takes on it. I've read something somewhere from Kate's perspective and I'm just like not sure why you'd bother trying to um you know rationalize this but I definitely like it as an aspect of fandom and fan fiction that is sort of Derek's baggage like exploring his issues with other people because of that that background yeah. So it sort of adds uh, something, a certain something, but um, it's definitely, I'm definitely not pro the pairing, you know. Yeah, I think it'd be really depressing to read something like that. So I don't know, maybe I'll just kind of avoid those stories. Mm. 
The next one is actually Melissa and Peter. And this is an interesting one because I think there's a fair chance that season three could bring them together possibly, or at least in fan fiction, you know, there's there's that history there and it's a possibility that, you know, a lot of people could really be into those two getting together. So what do you guys think about that pairing? I don't know about romantically, but most of the fic I've read that have them interacting, it's very sassy and, and sarcastic and was just like, okay, no, no, yeah. no, uh-uh. And Peter's just like not giving up. And it's it's funny. I think it's more, you know, comedic than anything. But I don't know. I, I think anything's possible if written well enough. Yeah, I think so too. I think it would in the show it would take a lot to get back to the part where if Melissa was, would actually go out with him, if you know what I mean, would actually be like, oh, yeah, yeah. I still want to go out with you. But mm-hmm. I like I like them having to face each other. Um, and yeah, her being, and her knowing that he's not really a threat, him always being like, you know, hey there, and her always being like, no, (laughs) I enjoy that. The next one is Scott and Lydia, and this is kind of funny, you know, as a canon pairing, because really they've only just sort of made out and that didn't really count, you know, but are there a lot of fics out there that explore their relationship together? I actually haven't come across a lot at all. Pretty sure everyone just wants to pretend that didn't happen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much that. Nice. Okay, so then the next one is Erica and Boyd. And I think a lot of, you know, we sort of have a question mark next to this one because it's not really been established, but at the same time, near the end of season two, they've been hanging out a lot together. They decide to run away from Derek's pack together. They're seen holding hands sometimes. And personally, I I like the idea of them being together. I mean, that's sort of out the window now, given what we know about what's going on in season three. But I think that would be cool to see in a lot of fan fiction and stuff. What do you guys think? I think it had a lot of potential. And yeah, I'm kind of disappointed that we won't see more of it, honestly. Yeah, I mean, Erica in general, I think, is a character that can be worked in a lot of different aspects, you know, especially in fandom, like in fan fiction. And, you know, it's a shame that it's not really going to be in the show anymore and that, you know, she's not going to be there for that to work with. But, yeah, she's definitely someone that I've seen sort of shipped with Boyd, Isaac, Styles, and even... Even Lydia, uh, you know, she's someone that because she's so sassy and forward and powerful female, people really liked her or really good stuff with like a friendship developing between her and Styles as well, which would have been something I would have really liked to see. I never quite vibed the Boyd thing, like as far as whether they were meant to be together. Like they had that one scene of them holding hands, but I didn't know if that was just like comfort or if it was a couple thing because there was also that other scene where she and Isaac were trying to go after Jackson to stab him in the neck with their, you know, tranquilizer. But they were kind of making out with each other and making out with Jackson and that was all very yeah. <laughs> makey outy. So um I've always <laughs> thought about Yeah, I've always thought about like Isaac and um Erica as a pairing as well. But the fact that her and Boyd went off together and ran off together as well. Perhaps they were just, you know, all in it together, you know, they're all a bit cuddly in the wolf pack apparently. <laughs> so in general, I think it's a shame to not have her anymore in whichever pairing really. Yeah, I sort of flip flopped a lot back and forth with her actually, because at first I was like, Oh, I'd really like to see her with Styles because she obviously had a thing for him and then Isaac sort of came in and they were hanging out a lot in the beginning and I was like, Oh well they're nice together and then Boyd 
it came in near the end. I was like, well, I like them together too. But <laughs> yeah, maybe the solution is just to have them all together <laughs> in <Nope>. one thing. <laughs> that's a that's a theme we'll discuss later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then the last one we have here is actually a really big one. This is Lydia and Styles, and obviously, you know, uh, we all know the history there between the two of them. It goes against the bigger part of the fandom, who really likes Steric. And not that that's a bad thing or anything like that, but how do you guys feel about Lydia and Styles together? I don't know. I'm, I'm torn on them. I think ultimately I just want them to, like, be partners in crime and like just they're the brains of the operation i want them to be the the two humans that just you know become best friends i think styles really needs a good female relationship and i think lydia would be great for that yeah i mean this isn't a matter of oh i don't think styles is like oh you know oh it's because i shipped steric or whatever but i think that the way styles and lydia is done in the show is done in a way that Yes, while his care for her is incredibly genuine, I think it's done in a way that the care is in one pile. Like, he's known her his whole life and he cares about her. That's not up for questioning. Like, almost not got to do with his romantic feelings. But I feel like his romantic feelings are something that he's built up in his head since childhood and then we're meant to be seeing that. Like, that we're meant to be saying, seeing that it's something that he's enamored with that isn't really it's not really what he thinks it is and maybe by seeing both her and Jackson together and sort of what Scott and Allison is like as well like you know real relationships in action even though Styles is a lot more mature and and seems to know sort of more about the human condition than you know all of those people I think that he might sort of be coming to the realization that like he's just sort of enamored with Lydia in this like infatuated way and that it's maybe not actually something that would be a functioning relationship. That being said, I'd be fine if it was, if she did turn around, if it was genuine love and she turned around and was like, oh my God, you've been there all this time and now I love you too. Um, I wouldn't like hate seeing them together. I wouldn't mind seeing them together. I just think that it will probably get to the point where it's like, oh, that they're really close and that it'll be like, oh, isn't it funny that you used to have a crush on me kind of thing and that he'll realise that, like, being friends with her is, like, better than, like, having a distant, like, far away infatuation and I don't think it's going to take him that much to get over her. Like, it's not going to be like, ooh, she dumped me or whatever. Like, I think their relationship is going to change now that he's getting to know her, like, close. Because he's never actually been friends with her before. Like, oh, the pretty girl he admired from afar. So while I think his, like, protectiveness and care is all very genuine, I don't think he's fully in love with her. Yeah, definitely. I, when the show, you know, first started, like, season one and, and most of season two, I was definitely on board with the whole Styles and Lydia thing. And then by the end of season two, I really enjoyed the the non-romantic comfort that they took in each other at the season finale, because I thought it was really great that they sort of are the humans, you know, and they're yeah. kind of on the outside. And yet they went to each other because they knew how the other one was feeling. I really enjoyed that. So I... 
I mean, I definitely, like you said, I wouldn't mind them together at all. I think if it comes back around and Lydia realizes that, oh, yeah, you know, I love you too, then I don't think that's a horrible thing at all. I think that would be a really cool thing. But for now, I think it would be interesting to see both of them or even especially Styles, just sort of branching out and finding new people. Yeah, I think that like as well by the end of season two, that connection between Jackson and Lydia, like I was all for like, yeah, I want Styles to get what he wants. I want him to win. Like I want, and if that's Lydia, then I want that to happen. But that connection between Jackson and Lydia at the end of season two, I'm like, I don't know how you're going to make Styles and Lydia happen after that, if you know what yeah. I mean as well. He, he deserves to be wanted in return the same way he wants, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah. So then we have another group of pairings, and these are the people that the fandom has put together, and these are just a few, because I know there are a lot out there that we're not going to touch on, and that's not for any particular reason. I think these are probably just the more popular ones. So, you know, just to go down through the list again, we have Scott and Isaac here as the first one. Do you guys like seeing them together in fanfiction? I've seen some really well-written ones, and I'm intrigued by the idea. Um, I don't know. Like, we, we've been told that Scott and Isaac are going to become close, and there's going to be, like, this bromance between them and, and Styles. So, I mean, I can see where it comes from, definitely. I haven't read anything focusing on it, but I totally get it. Honestly, I am not going to lie to you. I have not read any Teen Wolf fan fiction that's not very focal on styles. Maybe a couple that are focal on Derek backstory, but I haven't read anything that was not, yeah, that where the lead sort of voice in it was Scott. So I haven't read, I would be interested to read if anyone likes this pairing, some of the best ones that are available because I definitely get it. Like, because I think that they're, We've talked about in the recaps that they're really needy about each other, like that they're really, um, they have a connection in a way that Styles and Scott don't, and that's not like a criticism of Styles and Scott's friendship, but they have something. They have a some sort of a, you know, psychic wolf bro connection power. And I think that, yeah, the fact that Isaac is obviously like, like latching on to Scott so much that it's definitely something that I get. Like I sort of get where it comes from completely. It's 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 an obvious one to to see, I think. So yes, would read, totally get it, but I'm not very familiar with sort of that fandom in general because not styles. That's where I'm at about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you're looking at ninety percent, maybe ninety-five percent of all fic being and pairings including styles. Let's I mean, we're gonna be completely honest here. So finding something that isn't is is difficult. Yeah, I'm in pretty much the same boat as you, Natalie, in that, you know, a lot of the stuff that I've read has been very styles focused and that I'm definitely not opposed to Scott and Isaac thing. Actually, for me, I think that pairing makes a lot of sense to me compared to some of the other ones that we have listed here. I just feel like there's more of a connection between those two than some of these other ones. And so I would definitely be interested in reading something about those two. Yeah. So then we have um, Jackson and Danny next. And I think this makes a lot of sense just because, you know, they're best friends and they've probably got quite a history together there. If you guys have read anything about them being together, what sort of time period does that take on? Is this like prior to when the show starts? Like sort of a... Uh... 
back story type of thing or does it happen sort of currently do you know the, most of what i read is after it's further down the line the only thing i've read that oh, has okay. it and again it's back it's background uh, again it's not something i've read a big focusing on it i've read like pack things like about the whole group where they are they have ended up a couple and it's like 10 years down the line oh okay so there's that and that's only been one or two but i'm sure there's more of it actually courtney doesn't that pickup truck au have that as a background pairing um i think it does i'm not 100 percent. again sure it's only very vaguely mentioned you know that one that i mentioned that the, the t- have you read that one? I forget. I what don't it's think called. so. I don't it's pretty think good. So. It's a, it's a complete AU, but it's it's pretty good. And okay. that I think has them as a background pairing. And I've read another one. Like again, these and these are like all like in their twenties kind of time. So you know, I haven't read anything that has it sort of currently going on or like people don't tend to rewrite the show a lot in Teen Wolf fan fiction, which I've found is quite interesting. They tend to sort of do stuff that's set directly afterwards, you know, carrying on from the season. But uh, but unlike other fandoms I've seen, like I've seen other other fandoms where they're like, oh, this fan fiction is AU from episode 2.4. Like they make their own version of what happened in the episodes or whatever. That's something I haven't seen that much with Teen Wolf. It's either totally AU, alternate universe, for those people that are not fan fiction savvy. So a totally, a total rewrite, like a either like a futuristic thing or just not actually the canon of the show yeah. at all. Yeah. Or it's set after the fact of whatever season we're in. There's definitely stuff out there that's completely not compliant with season two, but it was written in the break before season one, before season two happened. So I haven't seen anything that really deals with them together currently because people just don't canonically accept that they're together currently, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to skip ahead to one, but th- this is, I think a lot of people like the idea of two best friends ending up together, which is why I think a lot of people suggested Jackson Danny, but this leads into Scott, uh, Styles and Scott. And uh, I got a lot. I have a lot of people who have wrecked, you know, stories and they mm. love this pairing because I... Mm. I uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, tell us how you really feel. Mm. Um, I am iffy about it. I have trouble. I mean, I've read a few really good like well-written fix about styles and scott but i still struggle with i just them as a couple i just can't i just i don't like best friend slash like i just like harry potter like there was like there's a contingency of people that really like harry and ron as a pairing Mm -hmm. and i'm like Mm -hmm. i just can't i just can't be going on with it like i've just best friend like when best friends are that close i just i am not going to lie to you this is fan fiction everything goes please don't judge me but i have read incestuous pairings that i prefer to some best friend pairings i feel more comfortable with some weird incest fan fiction than i do with the way that some best friend fandoms are done so that is how much mm, i have about some best friend pairings and i think scott styles (laughs) and scott is one of them like i said the harry ron thing is is another one that was would be a comparable example, I think. Yeah, I I mean, I'm not opposed to it, but I think both of them, Jackson and Danny and Styles and Scott, for me, it's just like I'd rather see them as friends than as romantically involved. 
And so it just, yeah, it just doesn't really do anything for me. But, I mean, if there is some really well-written fic out there about it, then, you know, I'll give it a try. I'm not opposed to it. Maybe mm. it'll change my mind. I'm trying to think of pairings in fandoms that are really close friends that I have liked. Again, like Glee, for a while, people really liked, like, Finn and Puck together. And I'm like, even though they have had quite a lot of angst, so I suppose angst leads to pairings sometimes. Um, <laughs> and I didn't like that. Courtney, can you think of any? that? Well, I mean, you were talking about Glee. I know a lot of people are liking uh, Blaine Blaine right and now, Sam. But, but yeah, but that that's different. Started, that's like, different. That yeah. started as a crush and it's like, yeah, 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 that's different. Like, I think like long time, like lifelong best friends, like Styles and Scott, Harry and Ron. I think a lot of people just like the, the intrigue in it of matching two people who maybe don't get along so yeah well and finding first. the ways that they could be compatible exactly. rather than like surely it's just boring surely it's just we get along Easy. in every way and now i love you as well in a romantic way so aren't we cute it's like wow <laughs> the <laughs> end like you know it's bo- it's kind of boring i think yeah, that's what no it is and there's no like interesting taboo to it which is a big part of fandom okay moving on to the next one now this one's actually really interesting to me it's Derek and Lydia and I really don't know anything about this pairing and I'm sort of curious why people put the two of them together I've never heard of that Peter and Lydia yes Derek and Lydia I have never seen anything involving them I have, I've actually never really read anything, but someone did suggest it uh, on the Tumblr, and it kind of, like, it stuck out to me. I don't know. I see them butting heads a lot, but mm. I guess I can see where it's coming from. But I would need to see more interaction between the two, because there really hasn't been a lot of interaction between the two of them. And I think it could be. I mean, anything's possible in this on this show, really. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've never seen it, and I don't know what I'd think of it. The thing I've seen more of is, like, the idea of... Not actually fix about them as a couple, but the idea of like Peter and Lydia because of their weird history. Mm-hmm. I put in Scott and Danny, even though it wasn't a list, mainly because I just wanted to mention it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much fan fiction this has about it, but especially in the first season, I was like, wow, in the show at like how much what I vibed as sexual tension there was in between <laughs> all of Scott and Danny's interactions. I really loved it. Like I really it's was like, <laughs> wow, they really vibe really well together. So that's mm-hmm. a pairing that I am surprised isn't super popular. Like I understand the Scott and Isaac thing. And obviously I kind of understand the Jackson and Danny thing. Jackson and Danny, I do get more than Scott and Styles because Jackson is a very abrasive person and, like, Danny is, like, one of the only people that can deal with him. And so, like, I think people who are, like, that abrasive and dysfunctional when they have someone who, like, gets them and accepts them anyway, that that's, like, a very special kind of friendship. So I get that. But Scott and Danny, Scott just seems to adore Danny and thinks he's so amazing. And then, like, and Danny's (laughs) always, like, what's wrong with you even the second season they have cute interactions as well so uh, i'm all for scott and danny if that ended up happening i'd be totally okay with it but i don't think it will have you seen any of it or i haven't really come across a lot of fig but i I see what you're saying now i guess a lot of people don't write much of it because when you go from season one to season two there's not as much like Mm. i see the scenes that you're talking about now i get it Mm. there's a lot of interaction between the two of them that could be interpreted that way and i think that's it makes it makes total sense, and then season two, it's just not as much, so it kind of bled into thick. I'm surprised that it wasn't a huge pairing, honestly, because 
I totally just vibe this like awkward crush thing. Yeah, I don't know. It just would have been interesting to me, but oh well. I think there was more focus on the next one on the list, mm. maybe, versus Scott. Mm. Yeah, why don't you take that, Courtney? Because I know you have some stuff to say about that. <laughs> okay, um, the next one is Styles and Danny. Okay, this is actually one of my favorite pairings. I don't know. It's Maybe it's their interaction. But the funny thing is, I've got a lot of comments on the Tumblr where people were suggesting them as a couple, and they were like, don't cringe, don't judge me. And I was like guys, you just don't even know, like, this is one of my favorite pairings, so please don't even apologize, because I've seen a lot of this in fic. Now, most of it, it's their exes, where... Yeah, I've, yeah, I've seen that a couple of times, yeah, actually. I, I, I was just trying to think, have I ever seen it? And I'm like, no, I've seen with the exes, sorry, go on. Yeah. yeah. So I've seen a couple where they're primary, relate, like, they're the primary couple, and I've really enjoyed them. Like, I could see where it could happen. Why would people say, like, in general, like, oh, don't judge me for liking this pairing because it's I mean it's fandom there are a few pairings that if you like in general in the whole world like if you like this pairing you're probably wrong uh and probably a bit morally decrepit if you like you know (laughs) Derek and Kate or like you know something horrible like that but like Mm -hmm. you know I mentioned I just mentioned two seconds ago that I've read pairings that are incest you know in fan fiction and you know people write pairings of everything and and so why do you think people would say like don't judge about styles and danny ultimately because it's not steric they're like oh you can't have styles with anyone except yeah Derek. you can't pair either of them with either anybody else or they're they think that you're automatically they're like well, anti-steric but yeah i also like styles and danny or Derek and lydia or, or whatever mm. and they think it it completely it's not one cancels the other out and mm. I was like, no. I don't no. think that's how that works. Like, it's not like know. either of them are canon in the show. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, well. Okay, for Styles and Danny, I'm definitely not opposed to it. I think it's intriguing, and I actually kind of see it. There was one fic that um, you had me read, Courtney, Crash Landers, I think is what it was. And for that one, I sort of saw the whole Styles and Danny relationship. They were exes in that one, too, as... Uh, sort of a stepping stone to Steric, and I think yeah. it works really well that way. I didn't enjoy the fact that they had been together in that particular piece of fan fiction, but I think that was more just the personality of Danny that the writer chose to portray. Mm. So I think if I were to read maybe some other ones, it really wouldn't be so bad. But, you know, again, it just doesn't really do anything for me, I guess. But I definitely don't think it's cringeworthy. You know, I think that it's probably, honestly, one of the more logical pairings yeah, that if anything, people have come up with. If anything was going to become canon, I could definitely see this becoming canon in that if styles and we'll get into this with the head cannons in a in a few moments but if styles were in the show to be like might be not straight that he might go to danny about it i mean again not that it is as much of a drama in this world as it is in the real world because of the way that the attitude towards homosexuality in the show again something that we'll talk about in a minute but he might be like, hey, Danny, you want to teach me how to kiss boys or something? You know, they might go to jungle <laughs> together. You know, they might – all of that kind of thing. And and I feel like Styles and Danny hooking up, if Styles isn't straight, is not actually implausible at all in the show. Agreed. Yeah. 
much more probably plausible than Steric at this point because, you know, again, not that we know anything about Derek's sexuality and in this show really anything goes. He could totally be queer. He could totally not be. But I don't think that they're just going to be like, oh, yeah, okay, and that if Styles was going to hook up with the guy, I don't think the first one would be Derek. You know, it could, it yeah. really could be Danny. So, okay, Natalie, you're cringeworthy. I've I'm put. Gonna, a... I'm going to let you take the next one now. <laughs> I've put a pairing on this list that I have seen, and I've actually mentioned it before. I think in a recap because it annoys me so much. Let me just tell you how I've put this, and I'm so sorry to anyone that likes this. This is just me being histronic because we're not meant to judge other people for what pairings they like, as we just mentioned a moment ago. But I have put in capital letters, all capitals, Chris Sheriff pairing of suck and ruination because there is this thing, there is this trope, which has gone away a bit now, I think, because I think a lot of people feel sorry for Chris now because of Victoria dying. I have a feeling that a lot of this stuff that had this in the background might have been, again, stuff in season one and two, where they, between season one and two, where they had Alison's parents divorce because Chris realized that Victoria was like a crazy bitch and that Chris was a good person, blah, blah, whatever. Don't care. There's this thing where it's generally the background of a fic of Steric or the whole family, you know, the whole pack, you know, sometimes in the future, a few years in the future, you know, whatever. And they, you know, college, you know, going away to college or coming back from college. And they have like Sheriff Stalinsky and Chris Argent as like a pairing, as like husbands that have gotten together. And I just can't stand it. I've read fan fiction where I'm like, oh, this was really awesome until they make a reference to that in the background. And I'm just like, no, I'm done. I, I just can't. Like, I just hate it so much that I can't explain. I just think it's terrible, like a terrible idea. Like, I just don't understand why people would think that would be, you know, two people that should get together. I mean, they both have dead wives. They've both got nice sort of blue eyes. They've both got hair <laughs> and uh, they both use guns. Like, oh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, trying to find that I get comment, them as allies. I get them as allies, but I just can't comprehend them as a pairing. And I don't understand how it's become such a thing. I don't know if it happened in one fic and someone was like, oh yeah, that's a good idea to like spread from person to person, but have you got anything on this, Courtney? Because I can't deal with it. <laughs> um, I've actually only seen it on one fic, honestly, and I have a feeling we're, we're referring to the same fic, but I don't know. I don't see it either. I, I would rather, I think, Sheriff with Melissa. I like the idea of those two. Yep. Mm. And I've seen Chris being paired with Peter, and I can actually that, see that. That more. I get. Peter and Chris, that I totally I get. get that. You just love Peter, Natalie. It's not that. <laughs> it's just, you just, you can get how that would work. They have all this backstory. They probably knew each other, like, a long time ago, the Argents, like, and, and Peter, and, like, they're both really sassy. They're both, like, they're unlikely allies. You can, I can, I totally get Chris and Peter. Like, I get that. Chris and Stalinsky, I just, no, I just don't get it. Like, I just, it's one that I just, I can't comprehend how people make that work. And there's lots of pairings that, it's not that it's bad or evil or anything like that. I just, it just turns me off the whole thing. Like, I just don't like it. 
All right. So our last one, and I hope you guys didn't think we were going to leave them off the list because that would have been silly. But we have down here Derek and Styles, better known as Steric. So I'm so glad. Can I just say in advance that we haven't been using? We're going to use Steric because it's like almost a noun that belongs in the dictionary by now. <laughs> but I hate amalgamation names. They the amalgamation names for anyone who's listening to this who. Is on, has only been into fan fiction since Tumblr or something. They wouldn't. They didn't used to be that common, and they only really started, I think, with stuff like Tumblr because you can't make a slash into a tag. Names like Steric as opposed to Styles Derek, or I'm just so glad we haven't been going through this entire thing saying like Stidia and Skyzak <laughs> and all of those Stanny. things because I can't stand them. Like I hate them. I first got into fan fiction from live journal and before that like even fanfiction.net and that was all always slash that's where the word slash comes from because of the way that you phrase a pairing like um the first i think the first really heavily acknowledged slash pairing was star trek like kirk slash spock and the term slash comes from that slash in in the name and and now we've got steric there's no slash in steric it's just steric you know and so i'm so glad that we haven't been using those amalgamation names in this podcast Aside from steric which is obviously the established i obviously do a lot in the glee fandom and a lot of those sort of amalgamation names started happening there like and people seem to have picked up on it since shipping has come into the mainstream a bit more like you know people in um you know television magazines and all that kind of thing talk about shipping and you've got finchel and clane and all that horrible stuff but that's again something that's really it's always happened to an, a degree like some fandoms have had it in casual mentions but it was really always the slash term that harry you know harry and you when you were saying it aloud you'd sort of just say harry draco like or you know but you'd know it meant like Harry slash Draco, not that I ship that, just an example. And I hate that the common terminology has become the idea that you need this amalgamation name and then if it doesn't have one, you have to make one up. Like I'm seeing this a lot with <laughs> um, since the Les Miserables movie came out, its fandom has got like a boost because people love like – you know, young boys being all cute together and there's a bit of that in the movie. But they had a very small fandom online and since the movie has come out, it's become very big and you go on Tumblr and you see all these people arguing about what these ship names would be and I'm like, these ships have existed for like since the internet has started but people just use the normal slash names. It's only since Tumblr that you feel the need to make up a name for it. So in general, I don't like those amalgamation-y names like Steric, but I accept that we are going to keep saying Steric for the duration of the podcast. <laughs> I definitely don't mind them that much. Uh, I think for like the really big ones like Steric or Finchel, I don't know. It just sort of makes it more efficient, I guess. It, I don't know. It makes sense to me. It doesn't really bother me. But all these different weird ones were like – the pairings really aren't And you don't that even large. know what they are. Like, you, yeah. like I'm like, oh what is gosh. this? It's so confusing, like, and it takes me so long to figure out who the people are that I'm just like, no, I can't do this right now. Yeah, sitting there trying to split up names. Like, wait, wait, who is this? It's worse when they put in, like, more than just two people when it's, like, three or four people, and you're like, I don't even know what that is right now. I, I will just say there's an awesome one just because it sounds awesome that I like saying – 
disclaimer, I am not into RPF, like real person fiction, real person slash. Actually, I'm incredibly morally against it, and I've written like essays on why I'm morally against it. But I see people on Tumblr referring, and usually it's in like friendship, but uh, people saying hobrosy, which is my favorite word <laughs> to say out loud, which is like as in talking about like the bromance, like friendship uh-huh. between Hecklin. Dylan and Tyler, like Tyler Posey, and I just, I just think the word hobrosy sounds funny. So, <laughs> so yeah, please don't read any hobrosy slash, but continue to use the word by all means. So, did we actually talk about if we like staring? Oh at this no. Point, or... <laughs> anyway, sorry, I got distracted by the name. Do we, the do we want to wait till the end where we kind of discuss? Look. We we all know Steric's a thing. We have a section on Steric. We'll get there. <laughs> Just hold your horses. There's going to be a whole section on Steric. Don't you worry. Uh, <laughs> because it is a phenomena that has reached, you know, the fact that it has reached the mainstream is something that doesn't usually happen with a slash pairing. So we got you covered. We've got a whole segment coming. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Okay, so then I guess we're going to get into our commonly accepted headcanons right now. And this, uh, this is really interesting to me because, like I said, I haven't gotten into a lot of the fan fiction stuff so I'm actually not familiar with a whole lot of this but uh the first one we have on here is that Styles is bisexual so what do you guys want to say about that one specifically? It's a commonly accepted headcanon amongst all fic it seems and I think it's because it stems from I think Jeff saying in an interview that he's definitely hinted that styles could be bisexual so a lot of people have just taken that and have run with it so yeah i mean it makes sense yeah i think that it makes sense it definitely comes from the fact that we we've seen hints in the show obvious hints in the show that you know that it could be a thing uh like him asking scott whether he's attracted to you know attractive to gay guys and just things about him i don't think it's some secret that he's carrying around if you know what i mean i think that if it is going to be canon that it's more of a a thing that will occur to him and he'll be like oh that's a thing I guess but obviously it's not such a big drama in this world that they exist in um it's not such a big drama whether he is or or not it's not he's not going to have to have some big dramatic oh my god sexuality crisis he's just been like oh attracted to guys now cool I mean a big aspect of it that I the aspect of it that I I like that I prefer in fan fiction is the idea that he pretty much didn't has not expressed any notice really for anyone except Lydia and that's meant to have been since he was in third grade and it's more that when he sort of gets over Lydia or starts to get over Lydia that he realizes what other people he's attracted to and that some of them might be guys if you know what I mean I like that idea as opposed to like Ooh, everyone knew Styles was bisexual, or ooh, Styles, Styles has always secretly been bisexual. I agree. I think he's just been super focused on Lydia that it's nobody's even thought about his attraction to anybody else. So I, I agree. I like that. Yeah, I think this is one of the more logical pieces of headcanon too, just because you know it has been hinted at in the show so regularly that even if it isn't set in stone, I think it's more than a possibility that it could actually become canon. Yeah, I don't like established relationship fan fictions about couples that aren't canon. Like, I would read an established relationship fic about Scott and Allison and about, like, some issue they were facing or, like, a one-shot about, like, the way they thought about each other or whatever. 
I would not read an established relationship fan fiction about Styles and Derek and how cute their relationship was. I, I'll if if a couple is not together in a show and I'm reading fan fiction, I always want it to be how they got together, and it doesn't have to like be ending in them getting together. It can go on from there to explore their relationship, but I want it to be how they got together, and if the people in the relationship aren't necessarily the sexuality that they are in the show or that we think they are in the show, I want it acknowledged at least. A thing, and I'll bring this up now, though, I guess it's a good place to bring it up, in Teen Wolf fandom, this is actually easier than it is in, say, Glee fandom or something else because, you know, in Glee fandom, you know, maybe you were reading Kurt and Blaine fix before they were you know, before they were officially together in the show, which I actually did a lot of and now I hate them as a pairing in the show, but whatever. Um, (laughs) But that was no big deal about their sexuality because it was both known that they were gay. Or if you're trying to, you know, if you're reading a fic about, you know, Quinn and Puck and they weren't together, you know, you know that they're, you know, two straight people of of the opposite gender and that, that that was no big deal and all they had to do, you know, was explain they liked each other. But if you were reading, say, a Puck and Kurt fic, which was the biggest pairing in Glee before Blaine came into the show, the biggest pairing on Glee whatsoever um, in fandom in season one, like before Blaine came into the show and before sort of Britanna became a big thing, was Puck and Kurt. It was the biggest slash pairing. And in a fic of them, you would have to have it explained why Puck was now attracted to a guy. If you know what I mean, it would have to be explained because he is seen as a straight character and you would have to have going through him like why he's now attracted to a guy and why he has these feelings. That's something I do like to see acknowledged in fan fiction when you have people doing something that's not necessarily the sexuality that you think they are. But in Team Wolf fandom, it's less of a big deal or it requires less explaining because their world is so whatever about sexuality. Like, it would be like, if Styles did discover he liked guys, you know, or or we did discover that Derek liked guys. If Derek hit on Styles and Styles was like, oh, I didn't know you liked guys. It's way less of a big deal because even though we might think Derek is straight, in this world, it doesn't really matter if he is or not because their idea about sexuality in the Teen Wolf universe, it has no stigma, no homophobia, you know, it doesn't matter. You don't need to come out. Like, I mean, you might need to, if you wanted people to know who you liked, but there's no, like, crisis about it. No one needs to have a crisis about it unless they have deep-seated personnel issues, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be like, oh, my God, Derek, you like men? It would just be like, oh, that was a thing I didn't know about you that happens in this world. Okay, kind of. Such a non-issue. Yeah, it's such a non-issue that, I don't like people just writing it like it's assumed, but it is way less of an issue than it is in a fandom set in the real world where it is an issue, if that makes sense. I actually feel the same way about that, just because, like, it's not a big deal if in a piece of fan fiction, like, we find out that Derek is gay or bisexual or something like that. But at the same time, it sort of throws me off, and it seems a little unrealistic just because, and maybe this is because I'm so familiar with the show and not necessarily, like, super familiar with the fandom, Mm. but... I find it kind of strange when, you know, they just slip in there that, oh, you know, he's had relationships with guys before or something like that. And for me, it just, it kind of throws me off. But, you know, at the same time, it really isn't that big of a deal. And I kind of just get past it. But I like seeing that sort of established, like, oh, well, you know, maybe I am attracted to this guy or, you know, something like that, rather than them just sort of jumping into it. Yeah. 
See, I don't necessarily dislike, you know, hearing, say, you know, oh, yeah, Derek had hooked up with, you know, people in the past that were guys or whatever. It doesn't bother me that much. But I just don't, I don't like the assumption. I like it acknowledged that by one character, you know, or the other, I like it acknowledged that they're saying, yeah, this is a thing. Because, I mean, I've said it before, like, just because there's no taboo about sexuality doesn't mean that you assume everyone's gay, you know? Like, just because there's no yeah stigma it doesn't mean yeah everyone's automatically gay so yeah i've read fit where styles is is like oh i never thought about this because i didn't realize it was a thing that was possible but hey cool yeah that's kind of what i like like that you know I, i kind of like it to be acknowledged a bit it requires a lot less acknowledging than in other fandoms but i don't like a lot of people do because the because the world has no stigma they are just like oh everyone does a bit of a gay don't they just because you know and it's like well not not exactly not exactly on one hand it's easier to kind of in a world where it's not as much of a problem it's much easier to kind of imagine anyone with anyone or for someone say like styles or like Derek to be like oh could this person be attracted to me you know like thinking it's easier to think, oh, someone might be attracted to you or, or you might be attracted to someone that you hadn't necessarily thought about before in this world where there is less stigma about it. But I still don't think it means that it shouldn't be acknowledged in some way and just, yeah, everyone's queer, whatever kind of thing. Anyway. <laughs> Next one. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, then this one's really strange to me because I know nothing about this. Yeah. So why, why is the sheriff's like generally accepted name john i really don't have the first clue no um, this one was submitted to, this one was submitted to the tumblr and i was just and and when it when it was sent to me i thought oh okay well i have seen a lot of fic where people have named him john mm-hmm. i don't think i've I, ever seen him have another name actually i think somebody has just uh, somebody did it first and then everyone just kind of ran with it so it's kind of I mean, I don't really think there's an explanation behind it. There's, like, you know, deep meta or anything about it. It's just, <laughs> you know, his name's John. Well, we're just going to go with it. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a fic where that's not his name, if he is given a first name. I don't know if it was just, you know, as I said, one person and then someone else used the same thing and then someone else used the same thing. It's it's very difficult to, to figure out or just because it's, like, a simple name or if it was ever, like, asked or hinted at at a convention or, or by the actor. It's kind of like in Glee, it was really funny, for a while in fan fiction, there was this, basically, quite a few months before it was acknowledged on the show, Darren Chris told a few people at a gig that he did that Blaine's last name was Anderson. Like, someone asked him, what's Blaine's last name meant to be? And he said, Anderson. And people didn't know whether he made it up or whether it was on his contract or, you know, that we just, we hadn't heard the name in the show, but he said to fans that's what his name was, you know. And there was this time when some people started, like, using that name in fan fiction and some people were like, well, no, I already made up my own last name for Blaine. I don't want to use this. You know, I don't care. And there was this really, really stupid, like, ongoing thing about it and then ended up being used in the show. And to this day, I don't know if it was because it became true. You know, Darren said it, so it became true. Or if it was on the contract originally and we just hadn't heard the name in the show. But that kind of thing, like it's, I don't know if it was like the John Stolinsky thing was something like heard at a one-off event that spread throughout fandom. Is that is that possible? Like, I don't know. Whenever I hear John, I'm like, John Doe. They probably couldn't think of anything else. Yeah. yeah. 
that's you know that's what I think. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's just maybe just Stalinsky men just don't have first names. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe that's just the law. Oh, can I bring up one thing? Like I hate as well. Um, sure. This is not so. This doesn't really fit into head cannons or I suppose this, or tropes, but I do not like it when people make up their own first names for styles. And I've seen it done a few times, yeah. and I'm mm-hmm. I'm very anti it. I'm I like when people sort of cleverly reference it. They're like, "That's your first name, oh my god!" But don't actually say what it is, if you know what I mean. Uh-huh. But I do not like when people just take it upon themselves to make it up. I'm going to bring up Lamez again. People do the same thing with that with the whole group of students. Every all of those boys go by their last names, and I don't like when people just invent first names for them. I I like when people make funny ways to get around knowing the first names. I'm very free and easy with people making up their own fanfic. You know, fan fiction is making up stuff about characters, but I have a real issue about the names because those are canon somewhere. They're canon in, you know, Jeff Davies' mind. The Sheriff, as John Stolinski, I'm kind of like less completely bummed on because I think it's like his first name doesn't really seem to be an issue. Like it just, but like with Styles, with with not knowing his first name and, and it being a big deal that you don't know his first name, I think that people just making it up is really just, I'm just not into it. Yeah, especially since it's sort of like Styles is his first name, so I don't really know why you why need they would it. change it. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, yeah, and the whole like John Stolinsky thing, like it's not that bad. It's not, you know, strange or anything, but it, it just sounds sort of wrong to me, I guess. Yeah. I'm not into it. So this next one's kind of funny. Uh, the next piece of headcanon we have here is that Derek doesn't know how to use a front door. So how is this usually used in fan fiction? Okay. Um, <laughs> this is just, I. yeah, it seems like in every fic you read, Derek just likes using windows. He And not even f- f- like first level windows. It's always the second story windows. He, just likes to show off I suppose there's you know nothing fun about entering a front door so he's got to go for the dramatic entrance and go through the window yeah I mean because you always see him just showing up you know just the trope in general that he kind of shows up in people's bedrooms like you know sitting there in the dark and then you turn on the light (laughs) and he's there or something like that or like yeah always has to go in and out the window it's you know usually with Styles or or Scott but it, it is always hilarious um I I do quite enjoy that I I really would find it really funny if on the show at one point we do get a thing of him you know because obviously we're gonna or hopefully we're gonna have Derek being a bit more like social and and slightly normal that he just like shows up to talk to you know Scott or Styles or something and does like awkwardly knock on the front door and they die of shock when they open the door (laughs) well that just made me really laugh because i mean if you've been keeping up with season three like the behind the scenes or like any of this the like the set art Mm -hmm. we we've been shown that his his apartment or you know whatever doesn't have a front door (laughs) it's like a blown out hole in the wall (laughs) and i just think that's oddly appropriate can't he afford to get a place that's not like broken? Like I don't understand. That's really supposed to be his door. Like that's not just the side part of his apartment. That's actually what he uses. Maybe that's another accepted headcanon. We can't know for sure. <laughs> yeah. Just said, Look, there's no door. Go figure. Ah, oh, that's great. 
So then we have Isaac being the emotional one. And this sort of confuses me, but I guess, like, did this come from that whole scene with the dog in the Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I saw some people talking about this recently because, you know, and they were like, I don't get why they've made Isaac, like, this completely, like, soppy, falls apart into pieces because the whole season he's pretty sassy and mean. And, yeah, he does turn around and get quite insecure, but he definitely gets over-emotional at the dog thing. But, I mean, I think that's possibly something that anyone with, like, a soul might get <laughs> upset because Scott says, I cried too when I did it, if you know what I mean. Like, and we don't necessarily think Scott's over-emotional. I mean, we think he's a bit nuts, but we don't think he's, like, the soppy, over-emotional one. On one hand, Isaac seems very needy in that he's like, he really doesn't know what to do and he kind of seems to defer to anyone who can tell him what to do and help him. Like once he sort of gets over himself, that is. Like he wants Derek to tell him what to do. He wants Scott to tell him what to do as far as helping him and stuff goes. But his actual personality, he's got that really like dry humour Like, he's quite tough. Like, he beats up those guys when Scott and Styles won't, like, to get them those rave tickets. Mm -hmm. And he's always really sassy. So, besides from the, like, kind of slight, like, neediness when he realizes, like, that he wants to depend on Scott instead of Derek and and the thing with the dog, like, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's always such extremes, I think. Um, I think people took the the dog scene and kind of ran with it and made him very emotional. Mr. Weepy or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, ultimately, I don't, I can't picture Isaac as an alpha. No, no. But I definitely don't think he's as weak or as needy as a lot of fic makes him out to be. What you just said about him never being an alpha, he definitely seems very inherently submissive. Like, I can't see him as an alpha either in that he's very keen to obey. You know, Derek's domination works on him. He wants Scott to tell him what to do, even though Scott isn't an alpha. And so I think he is probably made to be quite inherently submissive, but I don't necessarily think that means he's Mr. Weepy. Agreed. Fair enough. Uh, And then this other one is one that I have heard of quite a bit because I think this is a pretty big piece of headcanon. But we have the whole thing with Styles' mother dying of cancer. And then, um, you know, that was sort of part of the book. And I think a lot of people just accepted it as canon, even though we don't necessarily know that that is the truth. And then, of course, we have from that that Styles cuts his hair into a buzz cut because of his mom and then you know her having chemo and losing her hair so what do you guys think of that one i agreed with it for a long time and then when season three started filming and they were saying oh we're gonna keep sal's hair long and i was like hmm i i'm very curious to know even even you know they've said that dylan said that what would be his motivation behind letting his hair grow out which makes me think he may not even know the motivation for keeping it short so I'm not sure I kind of did get that like I, I I got the idea that people had behind it but then again it did we don't know how Styles's mother died you know it did you know a, a lot of that's another commonly accepted headcanon that you know she died of of a long illness that was potentially cancer we don't know if that's true he definitely does seem 
like, you know, someone who would do something like that. There's a lot of stuff that ties into his mother, like, you know, that he's really domestic. Like, we know that he looks after his dad, but there's a lot of stuff that he's really domestic with, like, cooking and all that kind of stuff, and that, like, you know, that was from his mother. There's a really awesome fan fiction, actually, that I should link you to, Karen, which is about that his mother knew the werewolves and was kind of like a watcher slash spirity guide kind of person. Have you read that one, Courtney? I don't believe so, no. Oh, I'm sure you have because I think Brooke sent it to me. It's really good. And, again, it's going to tie into the trope that we're going to talk about of sort of the magic styles because it's like a – it's got to do with the whole, like, be the spark thing. Oh, okay, yeah. And um, it was the one – and I think it it mentioned, like, Baba Yaga, like, you know, the – the Russian folklore thing. Karen, you'll love this fig. It has it has awesome Peter in it as well. But there was like anyway, <laughs> that sort of had to do with his you know his bond with his mother a lot as well. But it actually tied into the whole you know her knowing about the werewolves and that I don't know about. But there's always a lot of stuff about like dom- domesticity, like that she cooked with him, that he's sort of the home runner because of her. That that he's very uh, quote unquote feminine. He's the pack um, mom and a lot of things. And as well. uh, yeah, that he's, you know, yeah, pack mom kind of thing. And that that comes from his mother as well. And I get all that. I totally do. But the hair, I'm going to go with that that wasn't what it was about because of what Courtney said because of season three. I just think that that was probably like a, like a childish kind of maybe like a, a thing that he just always done since childhood and then and, and he kind of. You know, it's almost like the equivalent of like girls sort of cutting off their hair when they go through something, or and that he was going to be like, no, I'm I'm going to really, you know, he I'm gonna go sa- crazy here. You know, he said he, at the end of season, you know, two, he was like, I'm going to be cool, I'm going to be captain of the you know lacrosse, and and so I guess that he just sort of wants to grow up a bit, and um, he's been through a lot, and maybe it just makes him feel like more of an adult. Yeah, that makes sense. I think the last two here probably tie in a little bit more. And Natalie, you put these on here. So why don't you take the uh, whole Derek in New York City thing and then the Laura part as well. Something I see a lot of, and if this has been mentioned in the show, like just slap me because I have gone back and looked for it and clearly missed it if it has, but everyone seems to think that Derek and Laura – um, but the Derek, when he came back to Beacon Hills and Laura, when she came back to Beacon Hills were in New York, that they came from New York, that that's where they'd lived and that they'd had a life there together. And I don't know where that comes from. I, is that from the book? I don't no. think so. In the scene where he's tied up and Kate is looking at his driver's license. Then again, a lot of people have said, well, it's a fake because obviously it's a fake because the picture his eyes weren't flashed. Like, they weren't, you know, um, you know, when they take pictures, their eyes. I don't know if it's a flash. Is it the flash that makes the eyes, their eyes white? Yeah. Or is it all but maybe he, he Maybe he knows how to control that. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah, it was the driver's license in that scene. Okay. Noted. That makes sense. Okay. I like that. Yeah. So a lot of people think that he and Laura were living together in New York and that they were kind of cool young things I mean Derek probably he probably wasn't all that together but as we're going to talk about a little bit later he actually probably before Laura's death you know he'd had a long time to deal with his family dying and you know him and Laura were probably as okay as they could be and had made a life for themselves elsewhere we don't know if they were particularly social or if they lived under you know 
you know, normal apartment and, you know, went to college or had jobs or whatever, or if they lived, you know, the way Derek lives in Beacon Hills, like in train carriages and stuff like that. But they clearly had some sort of life together somewhere and a lot of people assumed that it was like in, in New York City, which is a long way from Beacon Hills, especially if he drove back in that Camaro. But that's something that's interesting and, and I kind of like that. Like I like that he, you know, to think about the life that he might have experienced there, like if he was seeing other people or if he had a job or if he had gone and actually tried to make something of his life before it sort of came crashing down around his ears again because... I get the feeling that Derek was kind of okay until Laura's death. Like that he, we only see him right after Laura's death. And I feel like that him and Laura must have both got it together enough to be functioning in in the world. And then he just gets taken right back to like, oh, all my family's dead. He clearly wanted to be as far away from Beacon Hills as possible. So did she. We don't even know if they were living somewhere together or if they hadn't seen each other in a long time. A lot of people assume that they were living together. Uh, that they were close right up until her death and that she sort of left him behind and was like, I I have to go check what's going on in Beacon Hills and she comes back and is killed. But, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, have this headcanon about Derek being like the quiet one and, you know, a bit angsty and all of that and that Laura being like very vivacious and, you know, she was his alpha so they must have been somewhat close and that she was kind of sassy and in control and you know that kind of girl like and that's something I can see is very plausible it's something that the writer of the on fire book definitely took and ran with that 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 idea was something that came through in the sort of flashbacks that you saw of them as teens so what do you guys think about that and like what do you think we're going to see of Laura in the show because it looks like we are actually going to see some of this so that's going to be interesting i think the personality quirks are very possible i mean obviously it can't be only peter with the sassiness in the hale family so yeah i think that it makes sense uh i would definitely like to find out more concrete which i think you know we will because there's supposed to be flashbacks with derek and laura so i'm interested in seeing that so we'll see I am too. Actually, Laura is one of the things that I'm looking forward to the most in season three. I'm really, really interested in learning more about her. And the whole idea that they were in like New York City or something like that, I think it's really intriguing too. And I'd like to, you know, it's so hard to to imagine him with like a regular job and living in an apartment and being normal, you know, and and not so brooding all the time. But I think if they explored that or, you know, in the flashback episode, well, I guess that wouldn't really make sense because he's supposed to be a lot younger. But maybe mm. in one of the other episodes, they could possibly explore, you know, him being in New York City. I think that would be really interesting to see. Okay, so we're going to get into some of the commonly used tropes and themes that end up in fan fiction a lot. And this first one is this is sort of a two-parter we have magic styles you know i could see where that comes from because of the whole uh, mountain ash thing and you know the be the spark type of thing and then we have demon styles which i actually know nothing about but mm, i've neither. seen a lot of either pictures with you know his eyes blacked out or like tags on tumblr so courtney can you explain that to us a little bit as far as where it came from i'm not 100 percent sure it I makes just me think, think- makes me think people are kind of copying 
or taking from like Willow in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Like yeah, that like what you know, that what happened to Willow would happen to him, like the human who learns magic and then goes yeah, bad. But, but with Willow, it wasn't really a demon. Like, a lot of fic I've read, there's a completely different personality inside Styles. Like he's in, being inhabited, mm. and I I don't know where it came from. Um, I guess it's just a popular theme. A lot of people like reading it. So I've not I, read any like that, and I probably wouldn't seek it out. So. Hmm. There's some interesting ones, but I much prefer the idea of magic styles, I do believe. Yeah. As I said, I've there's a really awesome one. I haven't read heaps and heaps, but there's I like the idea like we've talked about in the show of him like developing the magic abilities, like to see what he can do, like with it as a weapon, you know, rather than he himself being magic. But I also have read a couple of awesome ones where he does learn like that he has a bit of something something about him in one that was again involved his mother and like his mother and Deaton and was kind of awesome so mm-hmm. yeah human AUs I'm trying to think if I've even read one there's the popular is it dilf dilf is awesome it's really ridiculous but it's it works so well for how ridiculous I forgot that, that was a human AU see I'm forgetting I think there was another one about have you read that one, Courtney? And I cannot remember what it was called, but it was with Laura and Derek, and they have like a flower shop. No, I've read a lot of bakery. Bakery, I haven't. <laughs> Why are bakery <laughs> like, AUs always so I popular? I don't know. Um, like Derek bakes a lot. I suppose Derek does coffee. like to bake with his covered in flour when he's, you know. <laughs> no, there was. I That's I've, I've got, I cannot. There was a really good one that I read where it was like him and Laura. And they were in their, like, late 20s and Styles was in his early 20s and him and Styles had this kind of, he was a customer and this ongoing thing. I cannot remember if that, a lot of the AUs I've read, I can't remember if they're human AUs or not. Um, like, the tow truck AU one definitely wasn't. It was definitely a, the wolf thing was was a thing. Dilf is a really interesting AU in that it's it's a totally human AU, but it is Derek as a... As an adult, like a late 20s adult, Styles is an early 20s adult and Styles is the teacher of Derek's adopted children who are Jackson and Scott <laughs> as, as kids, as like seven and five. And they are Laura's children, Laura who has been killed in a car crash and they're meant to be Laura's children and he is their uncle and he raises them. And Styles is Scott's kindergarten teacher. It's pretty amazing. And the the way that they've characterized the kids while still keeping them Scott and Jackson is pretty is also pretty amazing. I don't know how people come up with this kind of thing though. Like I just And isn't Derek he works at like a wildlife Yeah, Derek works at a wildlife wolves. center like that rehabilitates wolves. So that's sort of the wolf aspect, but there's no werewolf aspect mm-hmm. so that's interesting wow i was gonna ask if dilf standard for what i thought it said. it definitely <laughs> does <so>. it definitely <laughs> does apparently the author was like lol re-, like it started out being called that as a joke and then we couldn't think of anything better to call it like like it was kind of the term she was using to her r- friend to refer to the fan fiction that she was writing and then but it definitely does like it's a relationship between derek as the kid's sort of adopted father and, and styles as Scott's teacher and it's really awesome and is actually really really beautifully written and very funny and it's it's just one of those things and it's just like the teen wolf world sort of barely exists it's just this awesome story about these 
these dudes. <laughs> so human AUs are always interesting. Like, I always find those kind of AUs in any fandom really interesting. Like, you know, like Harry Potter, like non-magical AUs. Like, I'm trying to think of other fandoms I've read a lot in. Or I get alternately, like, AUs of totally normal world things that are like, you know, space or, you know, Victorian London or something like that, you know. AUs, I'm I'm not very creative again, so I, I never can imagine how people think up these kind of things. Like, oh, what if I did this and then made Scott and Derek, you know, Scott and Jackson, Derek's children? You know, <laughs> I guess that could have been written at the time when, in between season one and two, when people thought that, you know, the pack was gonna because Jack, you know, because Jackson had been bitten and we didn't know that he was gonna be the Canama, that Scott and Jackson were gonna be like Derek's pack. So I guess there's that. I don't know. What other kind of AUs have you read, Courtney? Well, I mean, wouldn't that go into the next one? I suppose, just, but you know, I'm just wondering yeah. if you've read anything really unusual, like you know, oh, Star Trek or a Harry Potter AU <laughs> or something. I have seen a lot, a lot of people like crossing over Teen Wolf and Harry Potter. They'll put Derek in Styles and Hogwarts. It's very interesting. Harry Potter AUs I find very difficult. Like I find them very difficult to be good. Like very, very, very difficult to be good because especially if they put them at Hogwarts and you have to kind of get the era right like would it be present day Hogwarts or would it be like mm-hmm. Hogwarts with the characters or would it just be like they're American like surely it'd be like at an American school like you know like it's <laughs> Harry Potter AUs are very difficult in fandom and I don't often like them but um but yeah anyway so Personally, at- I just want to know how, how they what house they would be in how, how do you decide that that and that's another thing people often with in my opinion with harry potter AUs, really get the sorting wrong and again they wouldn't necessarily if they're american characters they might not even have the same you know if they went to an american you know salem academy for witches and you know whatever like they <laughs> they might not go to you know they're they're not british you know they might not go to hogwarts you know yeah, I don't know. Anyway, good old Harry Potter AU. But yeah, sorting of characters is very, sometimes annoys me because, I mean, we, we talked about this a little while ago, I guess, on the Tumblr, like where someone was asking about how we'd sort the characters. And I think some, you know, a few people had different ideas for different characters. So it's very difficult. Like someone's always going to be annoyed by Mm-hmm. getting the sorting wrong in their mind at least i guess this sort of leads into the next one where the hale family fire didn't actually happen yeah yeah there's been a lot of those mm, where it's like Derek is a functioning adult in the town of beacon hills and his family still live yes. there in that house and but you know kate kate is always still the villain there is always still something she has done to be like the big bad have you in, in, uh, yeah okay. it, yeah story. I'm, the main one I read was one where he was the – it was a Steric one and it was Derek was the deputy of the police, like that he was – like that Styles' dad was his boss um, and that he was a policeman and he kind of had had a long-running relationship with Styles since they were both young due to I don't know what, something, and – and that they ended up getting together, but that he knew, the Styles knew all of Derek's family and stuff. So that's something that happens quite a bit, mm-hmm. I think. People want to make that best friend relationship between them. 
Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. That's another one that's actually, um, what I was saying to you before we, we logged on about that, this is kind of a spoiler, I guess, for the, for the story, but it's not, not that big deal. But that when I was saying to you that one writer who I'll track down, who has a lot of like one shots that are really like, have like all twists in them that are like, uh, one of them, the twist really shocked me and I'm not going to spoil you for it. But one of them was actually a weird Styles and Derek fic in which there was sort of a Styles from one universe and accidentally runs into Derek from a parallel universe. And one of them was the Styles and Derek as they are in this universe where they kind of have an interesting vibe, but aren't really you know, they're not together and that Derek's tragic and all of that stuff. Yeah, you're right. That's who it is. Um, Courtney, I've just, that's who it is for sure. Uh, sorry, Courtney's just messaged me that we were trying to remember the writer's name. Her name is Entangled Glow on Archive of Our Own and you should go and read all her stories. And he kind of meets a, a Derek. Oh, no, no. Derek is from this world and he meets a Styles in which is from another universe in which the Hales are all still alive and that Derek and Styles are kind of together but that Styles' dad is dead and his mum is alive and Styles has to kind of decide which universe. Anyway, it's really, really good and it's it's wow. it's really cleverly done and so that was an interesting idea of like the two versions of, of that kind of Hale family trope. It's interesting to just think about Derek never having gone through all that and like what he would be like, I guess. Happy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what does a happy Derek Hale look like? Scary. Have you seen Tyler Hecklin when he <laughs> smiles? It's like disturbing. Yeah. It's not even pleasant. It's just so like out of place and weird. Throwing up a lot of peace signs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like he genuinely uh, doesn't look like the same person. Like it's funny. Yeah, that's mm. true. So then moving on to the next one, we've got Styles and his friendship with his drag queen buddies. And this is actually one that I did run into in one of the fics that you guys recommended mm. I read. And it was interesting. I'm not going to say I disliked it. And it definitely makes sense, you know, as far as going along with what happened in the show. And I find it generally pretty hilarious. Yeah, the fic that you read that had it in it, was okay like they were like I quite I quite enjoyed their relationship in that I've read other ones where that particular aspect I liked better like where and it's not always the same name like I think they always make up like a extravagant drag name for her (laughs) sometimes sometimes it's like that she knows about the werewolf world as well which is kind of interesting often it's like you know she's who he goes to when she's like he's like oh I think I like Derek or whatever but but the fact that he had her number and that like everyone and that, you know, he brought them to, like, Lydia's party makes me feel like they definitely kept in contact after they met at the club. And so I really love the idea that he has this, like, drag queen agony aunt that he kind of bitches to about all his problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I agree. That makes me very happy for some odd reason. I know you probably have a lot to say about this next one, Natalie. I think I remember you mentioning that before so the next thing on tropes is mate fic i'm not into it i (laughs) it it would have to be very well done for me to like it and basically obviously what we're talking about here is the idea of usually with steric sometimes with allison and scott as well but that they are together as mates that they are predestined predestined and the predestined bit is the bit i have the issue with because it's not as if wolves real wolves are out there being predestined to be with each other you know like a lot of things about the mate fic are like this like 
physical, like you see them and you know that it's your mate and you know, or the scent of them, or you, you know, pining away without them and you see a lot of this. That I don't like. I think, I totally think that you can, like someone who's a werewolf could take a mate, I guess, because wolves do that in real life. But it's more of a choice thing. And the predestined thing is not something I'm into at all. And I think there's too much of that going around. It sounds like imprinting from Twilight. Oh, yeah, 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 uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And that's not cool. Like, I am i don't like that. Like, I, I don't mind the idea of, like, you know, Derek's mother and father. You know, maybe the show doesn't use a lot of, like, wolfish terminology, even if they do, you know, they don't say, ooh, Scott might be like, oh, I like that Allison smells like me, but he doesn't like be like, I was scent marking Allison. I don't like when fan, <laughs> I don't like when fan fiction uses those kind of creepy animal terms about them when the show doesn't talk like that, if that makes sense. Yeah, it just makes me imagine like Scott peeing on her or something yeah. like that. I don't, that's weird. <laughs> and I don't like. So I don't like any of that. I don't like this whole, like, you know, oh, he discovered that Styles was his mate and they're meant to be. Because if we're going off, if if we're going to be that biological, it's not realistic that it would be another guy. That's another aspect. Yeah. Because I'm not, you know, I've, I'm obviously not anti-slash, but if the, if the werewolf, if the werewolves have these predestined, predestined mates, then it's a biological thing and it wouldn't be another guy. So there's that as well. I don't mind the idea of, you know, if that's the terminology they want to use, if that's like, oh, my partner, you know, mm-hmm. you know, my mate, that's fine, you know, but that's a choice, you know. That's... Yeah, there's something about taking away that, that choice between them. Yeah. Like, you want them to, if you want them together, I would want it because it's what they both chose, yeah. not because it was, oh, no, it's predestined, yeah. we don't have any other like, choice. The first Steric fan fiction I ever read was this one where they were magically bound together not because they were mates but because they like fell into a curse and it was amazing and like through being stuck together they came to really like each other and that was hilarious that was amazing so I didn't mind that but yeah the the pre yeah the predestined thing it's not really we're gonna be reviewing a couple of fan fictions in a minute and in one of them it's really interesting that there was a line that talks about like a protectiveness that he feels about styles that he feels about the betas but he knows he only feels it about the betas because of the wolf and that the way he feels about styles isn't because of the wolf, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't like the idea of mate fic. I, I don't like the idea of the wolf and instincts being involved too much It because it's, that doesn't seem very healthy. Like it seems less humanity. genuine. Yeah. Not into mate fic at all, especially not when it's like super piney, like, Oh, he's my mate. How do I get him to accept it? Cause like, that's like borderline non-consensual, so I'm gonna just leave that over there. Next, moving on. Yeah, yeah. Puppy pile and codependent pack fix. It's a very popular one. A lot of people like puppy piles. This I kind of get. Like, I don't get it to the point of I've read like ones where like the pack is in the future, like everyone's you know come back to the pack and they're all functional and accepted Derek as the alpha and and they all like sleep in the same bed like they're all like oh I, I like to all sleep in the same bed which is like in a way that does make sense in in the terms of real wolf packs and things like that that they would be that needy but it's again not something we've seen that much of in the show like we we haven't I would have totally 
bought that if we'd seen like Derek in the train carriage with like his arms around like Erica and Isaac <laughs> in like a protect not like in like a we all had an orgy but like in a like childish it's like a, we're, yeah. you know we're protected but they Comfort. don't really seem like that like I mean, you know, we, and we don't really, you know, we don't know if that's the way Derek's family operated, that they all snuggled or whatever. Like, it definitely makes sense in the terms of a wolf pack. But I've also seen wolf packs in real life lying around all over the same, f- you know, I was at a, a wildlife center recently, actually, and they were not in a pile. They were, like, just sort of all lying around. The codependence definitely makes sense. You know, betas would be instinctually submissive and, and need that that kind of support and I'm sure that the physicality will come into it but it is a bit cutesy like I think people like it because it's cute and it might not be quite real have you read any that you kind of liked like what this is going back to the fic that we referred to where Chris and the sheriff were a couple that you absolutely hate yeah but but the fic itself if if we're referring to the same one was kind of set in the future and they yeah. were all back from college and there's a that one know, had a good would... dynamic except for the Chris yeah. and was that with the one where Allison was training to be the sheriff? I don't think so. Maybe not. I think I remember Derek being like this he made a uh, contemporary art. Art, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think it is the same cool. one. And it was yeah. really it was really interesting in that everyone had they'd sort of crafted it so everyone had their pack was basically secretly, like, in control of the town. Like, Jackson was the mayor, I think, and, like, Styles ran the newspaper, newspaper. And, like, mm-hmm. they basically very subtly had had their group take a lot of, like, positions of power in the town. And that was really cool. Yeah, I, I, aside from the Chris aspect in that, I really liked. And I think that was one of the ones I mentioned again where Lydia was also a werewolf because it might have been started in season one where they thought she was going to be a werewolf when, you know, because she got bitten. But that was a really cool pack dynamic one. I, I did like that, actually. I originally loved the idea of, like, Erica um, and Isaac and Boyd and, the, you know, them all becoming befools with everyone as well, especially, like, Erica and Styles and, like, I'm more like the idea of them all sort of hanging out and being teens rather than being puppies, you know, hanging out mm-hmm. and, and being silly and all that kind of stuff, And which also, I guess, is going to tie into the next one. <laughs> yeah, the next yeah. one uh, is interesting. I've never heard of this, can I just oh, say? Oh, it's pretty me neither. <laughs> I've uh, never heard of this, so you're going to have to well, show I'll me. I'll just go into this one then. Uh, yeah. It seems a common theme in a lot of fic where – Poor stuff. You know, the humans are the only ones who can consume alcohol and have any effects to it. So I don't know where this has come from, but apparently it is it is accepted that there is a certain type of wolfsbane that can be added and mixed to alcohol where the wolves can get drunk. And, <laughs> I mean, I guess if you need to use the excuse of inebriation to get Derek to finally confess his love for, for Styles, it's it's amusing. to. But, yeah, it's a, there's a lot of it. Wouldn't that, like, hurt them, though? I mean, it just seems weird. Well, they've discussed that there's different types of wolfsbane, and I guess there's some that it's going to be least, like, less harmful than Like, others. I wonder if there's anything just, re- I mean, this would be a good thing. I guess they'd consider this, a, some people like Scott would be considered this a good thing, but I wonder if there's a type of wolfsbane that sort of is like kryptonite in that it just, it doesn't kill them, but it reduces them to human powers. That would pretty much be a cure if you took it every day. 
That's interesting. I haven't seen that, though. You should write it, Natalie. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see. But that, that, I mean, that would be a thing that could even come into the show. Like, that's the closest thing to a cure I can think of. Because, you know, if we, if you if you take kryptonite as an example, there's different kinds, like one that could kill Superman, one that can enhance his powers, and I think there's something that just reduces him to weakness. And I wonder if there's something that can reduce the werewolves um, to weakness, you know, to the weakness of humanity, you know, both through getting drunk and not being able to morph and stuff. And if you took that every day, you could basically be sort of cured. Yeah, functioning uh, non-werewolf. Yeah. And then the last one here we have under the tropes and themes is the idea of rebuilding the Hale home. So what usually happens in Fix That Feature That? A lot of fic that I've seen is just either, you know, Derek taking it upon himself to rebuild the home for his pack because he wants to be a good alpha and he needs, like, command central and there's others where, you know, we're going to discuss one actually later that where he's kind of being forced to tear down his house. Now, we don't know if he ever rebuilds, but the idea of rebuilding is kind of taken away from him and done by the pack, just kind of as yeah. a pack thing. I've definitely read ones where he, yeah, like rebuilds the same, either renovates the ru- ruins or rebuilds the same on the spot. And it's meant to be, yeah, a place for them all to live or, you know, a a process for him I've also seen other ones with a similar theme in that he sort of moves or gets his own apartment and like that people you know starts living like a normal person but the there definitely seems to be like a healing element of the yeah fixing the actual hail mm-hmm. mansion in some way either rebuilding it to the original design or working with the ruins or whatever hmm. that's interesting I could see why, you know, people would uh, decide to do that just because I'm sure, like in the one we are going to discuss, his house obviously means a lot to him and, and he probably would want to continue living there. Yeah. So, okay, our next big section is the hysteric phenomenon. <laughs> and I mean, I'm sure pretty much everyone who's listening to this podcast and who's even marginally aware of this fandom knows that hysteric is kind of a big deal. But the real question is, why is it so popular? It's really difficult, <laughs> isn't it? Like, I, because even before, like, even it took me a while to sort of not get into it, but I, I'm still a bit like, I don't understand why this is like, as I said before, this is something that is so big now that it's it has so commonly accepted, so big and so commonly accepted that it's like known in the mainstream on websites that you wouldn't really consider to be knowing about fandom. They know about TV shows. They might do like their TV shows or recaps or whatever, but you know, fandom, like shipping in non-canon shipping in fandom is usually something that's been quite underground and all of that kind of thing. And it's become such a big thing that it's like that people want it so much that it is really known by like the mainstream, like the civilians, like not the, you know, not the fandom fans. And that's bizarre to me. So first of all, I think it started off something small, which, you know, every, every pairing is going to start off like that. But the fact that it was kind of acknowledged by Jeff. Yeah. I mean, they encouraged and made it just grow. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's that's one thing, that they have encouraged it a lot. Uh, not encouraged it. I don't think they've encouraged it in, like, a queer-baiting way, but I think there's a few factors. I think it's, like, yeah, that it's 
on one hand, I think it's like people just exacerbating one another. Like it's like some shows there's lots of different fandoms that war with each other. This is, you know, lots of different pairings that sort of war with each other. This is one where the whole fandom has pretty much gotten behind it. Um, mm-hmm. there, are, I mean, there's a bit of backlash. There's a bit of, on of it now that it's become so popular, but it was something that a lot of people got behind. I guess it was so- something that a lot of people vibed. People always like characters that you know seem connected even though they're opposites they like characters that you know are stuck in situations that would never interact that get stuck in situations together and you realize how compatible they are in whatever way obviously the fact that it was acknowledged and not discounted that's a big thing as well like I mean we're gonna have there's a there was a big drama recently in the supernatural fandom in one of their pairings that people really like which was acknowledged but it has been acknowledged by the show but they're very critical about it whereas the opposite is true with teen wolf they're very accepting of it they're very open to it they're not denying that it could happen because of the fact that we mentioned before that this show exists in a world where sexuality is is not such a big deal so it's not like that's not going to happen because that character's straight like it there's no reason why this couldn't happen if the showrunners wanted to make it happen without and it wouldn't have to be a whole like oh my god sexuality crisis story it could happen not implausibly if the showrunners wanted to make it happen they know this the fans know this and they've not discourage that that thinking at all so I think that definitely adds to it but that still doesn't explain to me why it has blown up the way it has I cannot explain it at all honestly I really don't think there really is any explanation for it and I think it's sort of part of the bigger picture you know I mean slash shipping in general is this huge thing now especially on tumblr and you know fanfics and stuff like that I think it's just part of the larger picture and you know you kind of have to get to the basis of why people are so into slash shipping and then I think you know that would explain the steric phenomenon I think it's just a part of that whole idea there yeah I mean Slash has been around for a very long time like and it's I actually was reading an essay on it recently I'm gonna quote this to you because if there's any Star Trek fans here it'll probably make you cry yeah this is talking about the Star Trek original movie original series and movie but it's very well known because Spock and Kirk were the first I mean I'm I'm pretty sure that there might have been people back in the day who one of the first things I'll say this start with one of the first things ever had a a fandom or people behaving the way which we consider to be like fandom-ish was the original Sherlock Holmes stories. The pe- people, uh, when Sherlock Holmes died in the Reichenbach Falls, uh, he ended up getting brought back. People walked around London wearing mourning bands on their clothes for him. Like, so that was the first thing that really had like fanish behavior. And there might have been some people back then that thought that Holmes and Watson had a thing going on, but obviously homosexuality wasn't as accepted at that time, so it was probably not something that people really talked about. The first thing that got um, slash fandom that was really accepted was the original Star Trek, uh, the original series Spock and Kirk. Again, this is something that was never discounted by the showrunner. He actually said that their bond is as such that if that was the fashion in the time that they lived in in the future, then it probably would have been expressed like that. So for the 60s, that's pretty progressive of him to have said. But basically, at the in the end of one of the Star Trek movies, Wrath of Khan, which was like the second of their movies after their three seasons of the television show, 
Spock um, dies. Um, he sort of sacrifices himself and there's this very big scene where he and Kirk kind of stand there sort of knowing that Spock's dying, this glass separating them. And basically, I'm just going to read you this thing because coincidentally I had this essay open on my computer right now. Um, and this is going a little bit off track, but it's just about Slash in general. This is a, this is a man's essay called Henry, from Henry Jenkins. He's like a scholar and he talks about this kind of stuff in one of his like univers, university courses that he teaches. But he says, when I try to explain Slash to non-fans, I often reference that moment in Star Trek Wrath of Khan where Spock is dying and Kirk stands there, a wall of glass separating the two longtime buddies. Both of them are reaching out towards each other, their hands press hard against the glass, trying to establish physical contact. They both have so much they want to say and so little time to say it. Spock calls Kirk his friend, the fullest expression of their relationship, um, sorry, their feelings anywhere in the series. Almost everyone who watches the scene feels the passion the two men share, the hunger for something more than what they're allowed. And I tell my non-fan listeners, Slash is what happens when you take away the glass. The glass, for me, is often more social than physical. The glass represents those aspects of traditional masculinity which prevent emotional expressiveness or physical intimacy between men, which block the possibility of true male friendship. Slash is what happens when you take away those barriers and imagine what a new kind of male friendship might look like. One of the most exciting things about Slash is that it teaches us how to recognise the signs of emotional caring beneath all the masks by which traditional male culture seeks to represent or hide their feelings. So I think that's a pretty succinct way of putting why people are into Slash. It's not always to do with, like, sex. In fact, for me, it's never to do with sex. For me, it's to do with seeing relationships expressed in ways that men generally don't. And that's why male-male slash is such a big thing, I think, for women, at least. I think nothing else needs to be said. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's really it's a total coincidence that I had that essay open right now, but it works very well. Like, it, it's obviously that's pretty wordy, but if when you really think about it, like... I think that a lot of that has always that's always been it for me like it's that and that's why people like those relationships in shows it's why they like House and Wilson and um it's why they like Spock and Kirk it's why they like Dean and Cass it's why they like Merlin and Arthur girls like to see that dudes can love each other pretty much yeah and that when, makes sense yeah mm-hmm so we see Styles and Derek go through this hell together pretty much so far and we want to know how they care about each other and how they feel about each other after going through all of that. That's where a lot of it comes from. And because we don't have guys who have friendships who are like, this means so much to me, etc. You know, it always, you know, and, you know, we only really understand that as romance. So that's where it goes, I guess. Anyway, where were we? Sorry. Well, now I guess we should hit the issues. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess the first one is it makes a lot of sense that, you know, the writers tend to sort of gloss over the fact that Derek is a lot older than Styles. Styles is only like 16 or 17. Derek's in his 20s and he's been suspected of murder before and he's kind of a shady character. And Styles' father is the sheriff. So he wouldn't necessarily be so lenient about having his son dating somebody like Derek. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've seen a few where they, where he knows about it or where he gets told about it and he kind of 
comes to be okay with it. But I've also read a lot where he does not know, you know, either. Yeah, usually he's in the dark. <laughs> what do you think, like, of the ones where he does know? I've seen some that, I mean, they're as realistic as they're going to be. Mm. He's just kind of like, if I tell you no, I know you're just going to do it. And I don't know, a lot of people have issues that, that he would be so quick to just kind of, all right, well, here's the stipulations, it's fine, but this is, you know, and I guess I can see where the issues would be. But usually I haven't seen any fic where where sheriff's just like, no, uh-uh, nope. <laughs> yeah, neither. Yeah, I haven't seen anything where he totally denies them. I've seen a few where styles where, and this actually makes sense to me because I think it'd take, I think if they were going to get together, it would take, it wouldn't be happening now. Like say styles is 17 when we come back in season three and then he might be 17 and a half or 18 by the end of the season. I've seen ones where sort of the stuff that ends up happening is in the future, like not years and years in the future, but like maybe like in his senior year like when they've been when they're already at the point where their animosity isn't so like bad like where they've come to accept each other a lot more and that stars is actually 18 so it might be like because how, how far are they meant to be about about six years right in age if we work it out on the canon that we know i believe so yeah about six years difference in age but by the time styles is 18 and derek's about 24 and it's like well not the best but you are 18 so i can't do anything about it so i kind of like that because it's also a realistic amount of time that would have potentially taken styles and derek to get to the point where they would be close enough to for a relationship like that to happen yeah agreed yeah that sort of leads into actually the next two points where, you know, in the show right now, Styles and Derek aren't friends. I mean, they they know each other, obviously. They have some sort of relationship, but they're not really particularly friendly with each other. And Styles is still kind of in love with Lydia. So I know for me, like a lot of the Steric fix that I've read that sort of just gloss over that fact kind of bother me i like the ones that really build up the relationship and sort of force them to come together and you know do something and then they realize oh hey well you know this guy really isn't as bad as i thought yeah he was and then their relationship just keeps building from there yeah i mean that's what i said literally the first one i ever read they were bond they were stuck together with magic and they had to <laughs> deal with each other so that was kind of ridiculous but awesome but yeah a lot of the times um if they are happening now like if it is happening directly after say this season or something like that i do feel that there has to be something that forces them together you know whether that's just sort of styles being like this isn't sensible that there's so much animosity between everyone, you know, you, you know, him sort of badgering Derek about, about things, but just things as they are in season two. Yeah. They're, they're definitely not going to be jumping into anything from that current dynamic. It is nice to see things like to read fix where not just Styles and Derek, but where the entire sort of pack becomes sort of settled, like where Alison finds her place or Lydia finds her place or the betas kind of come together a bit more or Scott accepts Derek as an alpha or they work together or whatever and they are actually all friends and have trust and things like that. Agreed. That being said, the one that we're going to talk, the fan fiction that we have picked to talk about their relationship literally starts the day after season two finishes but also works really well like in 
the way that they've sort of made Styles. Styles' reasoning for being around Derek is make also makes sense. So yeah. And then the last point is one that we sort of brought up earlier, but I just want to mention it again because it is something that I definitely struggle with the fact that you know Derek in the show it's never been mentioned really you know what his sexuality is and that's totally fine I mean it doesn't need to be established or anything like that but I do have a problem with it sort of like just coming out of nowhere and yeah I I mean it is it is hard to define because this isn't a show where it's straight until proven otherwise, if you know what I mean. Like, that's the thing yeah. that makes Teen Wolf chipping different from other shows is that it's – and much more – why it's apparently more plausible is because it's never straight until proven otherwise and they've shown that in the show, like, with the – you know, even, like, that scene with, you know, the coach and Scott, you know, being like, oh, is it a girl problem? Is it a guy? You know, like, Danny's gay. Why don't you go out with Danny? Why don't you go out with Danny, Scott? Um, but <laughs> – um, but straight until proven otherwise is not really an aspect of Teen Wolf, which I think is where a lot of that comes from, why a lot of people think that Steric could be a thing, but we obviously know that he liked Kate, but again, that still doesn't really apparently mean that much in Teen Wolf world. I do think that they would have to say something, like, because as I said, like, just because it's not straight until proven otherwise doesn't mean that everyone's bisexual and just hooks up with everyone you know Scott's clearly not attracted to guys even though it's okay if he was so with Derek they they couldn't just have Derek and Styles hook up without acknowledgement from at least one of them like they couldn't just it because it's really stupid but obviously in a you know the normal world quote unquote you could have a guy and a girl and if they suddenly kissed it wouldn't be like, oh my god, what the hell happened? Like you, you like men? I didn't know you liked men. You know, <laughs> you know. But if Styles and Derek like had this moment of tension and then hooked up, you'd have to know before the point that they hooked up that at least one of them had interest in men. You'd need to know that they couldn't just make it happen without acknowledging the sexuality at all. Which might sound hypocritical, but it's just a matter of knowing that at least one of them is interested in that way, if you know what I mean, as opposed to a male and female where apparently that's established that if a male and female look at each other and there's tension, that it means that they're attracted to each other. And just with Stars and Derek, I just don't think the world is at the point yet where you would take their sexual tension or, or, or their tension in general, if you want to call it, where they might be like, okay, there's a scene in the car which is gift a lot. I think Styles is scaring Derek or whatever he's you know being forced to drive him around and there's a there's a moment where they they kind of they're staring at each other and it's a prolonged kind of stare they're bickering and they're kind of like just staring at each other and I think after that um Derek might hit his head Styles' head onto the steering wheel (laughs) that kind of stare if it was a guy and girl if they just suddenly had like an angry make out no one would be like oh my god that was weird it would be like that was a tension moment and then they kissed. They couldn't do that with Styles and Derek unless it was known that, as I said, at least one of them was publicly known to be into dudes and then the other one might be like, oh, I didn't know you went for that or whatever. But do you know what I mean? Like, and what is what I'm saying making sense? Yeah. 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 And wh- that might be a double standard, but I just don't think the world is there yet that we would take – 
two dudes whose sexuality we are not confirmed on looking at each other like that and be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's what's happening, if you know what I mean. We, if, they, if they were confirmed sexuality, you'd totally take it like that. But the fact that it's not confirmed, you wouldn't necessarily take it like that and it might be too much of like a WTF. They might – I think that it does need to be acknowledged in some way and then you can take those tension moments and, and have them mean something. Yeah, I agree. I just think when it comes out of nowhere, it sort of like startles me and not because it isn't plausible, just because, you know, in the show, which I'm more familiar with, we haven't really gotten any of that before. So it's always just kind of out of nowhere for me. But, you know, that's not to say that it's not possible. Mm. Slash in general, we sort of mentioned before in my beautiful speech about Star Trek and I also referenced sort of what happened with Supernatural recently. One of our writers on Hyperball, Selena, did a post about slash shipping in fandom and it was in sort of a response to what went down with Supernatural fandom recently. And I do advise anyone who's listening to this to go onto the show notes and read this post because it's really well laid out both with what happened in the Supernatural fandom, which is probably a a bad thing, and like the way that slash and and shipping and fan fiction in fandom sort of should or could be handled uh, because some shows handle it very well and Teen Wolf is one of those that handles it very well and some shows are not handling their fandoms very well and it's something that is not going to go away or get any smaller and it's not even something that should necessarily be taboo like people are kind of talking about it like it's a dirty word and that attitude makes it come across like the problem is that you're homophobic and that's hopefully not the problem we don't want to think that these people you know actors on these shows are homophobic but read this article and it's just very interesting about the way that you know different shows and their fandoms have sort of been handling slash especially since it has exploded as i said didn't you know there's always been slash there's always been shipping there's always been fan fiction since before the internet but in the recent years since tumblr has become a medium that not just it used to be the only people in fandoms were like people who cared enough to go on to seek out stuff like live journal and message boards and do stuff like that. Whereas Tumblr is more of a social media tool that more people have, like that more people who wouldn't have necessarily known about internet fandoms have. And so more people are getting into fandoms. Like it used to be on like fandoms used to be smaller and more intense. And now it's kind of every teenager in their high in, in high school has a Tumblr and therefore sees gifts and it's like oh fan fiction it's become much bigger and because of that it's covered on things like entertainment websites and stuff that it didn't it used to be a very underground thing since becoming less underground the actual production of the show knows more about what's going on and you know some of that has been favorable and some of it hasn't so Jeff Davies. Well, we've even seen MTV had a contest. Yeah. For fanfic. So like that's something that would have never happened ten years yeah. ago. Like the only people who would have known huge. about fanfic would have been like the super nerds. Now, um, with things like Tumblr, just more, much more people are coming into fandoms. Much more people are like, oh, I like that show. Oh, here's the whole like online world about that. There used to be hardcore fandom people. And then people that just watched the show on TV, if you know what I mean. Those worlds are melding much more now. 
and because of that more people know about fan fiction and fandom and as you said MTV fan fiction competition you know like EW shipping polls you know all of that kind of thing that never used to happen like that whole world used to be only for the super nerds so it's interesting to see it sort of grow Jeff Davis has been very accepting about the whole thing obviously and very open about discussing Steric he hasn't confirmed it or denied it but he um you know compared to the way that some other shows have reacted to their sort of big slash pairings he has been amazing about it really and I think that's a really great thing to have <coughs> in a, a showrunner you know yeah all right to sort of wrap this episode up we've got three fix that Courtney sort of made sure that all of us have read and Courtney do you want to sort of take us through each of these and kind of discuss you know a little bit about what it's about and then we can say why we liked it and give our favorite quotes from the stories Sure, sure. Okay, try to like mix it up. So I have one fic that's based on a pairing, one's based on a friendship, and one's based more on pack. The first one I picked is, it is a steric fic. It's called Spark Smolder Catch, and it's by Q the Lights. I'm just going to give you all a quick summary. Mm -hmm. uh, it says, when Styles starts pulling down Derek's burnout house, Derek finds himself letting him. He doesn't know why. Wherein Styles and Derek are both broken and doing more damage might be what they both need to move on. This is probably my favorite steric fic of, like, that I've read since I've started reading them. I just, I think it's it's realistic uh, enough. Starts right after season two wraps up. And sure, there's still the age thing. But with that in place, I think... It was written in a way that is still very realistic, and I think it's very plausible. And I think that the author caught both of their personalities, especially yeah. after season two, what had happened to both of them. It was just perfect for me. Weirdly, this actually eliminates, yeah, like, both both things. A lot of times Derek has, like, angst about the age. And in this, there's nothing about the age difference. There's also, when they do get together, no acknowledgement of oh you like dudes from either of them but that but weirdly it still works like um that's so it's funny that I've been saying oh this is what I like this is what I like this is also one of the, I remember the first time that I read this which was a while ago and that like that a lot of people yeah we're all okay, yeah Brooke sort of, and I were pretty much raving this yeah everyone was just like yeah this is amazing and um it is it's this person just gets them and then gets yeah what what they could potentially need both in the actions of what they're doing and and some of the things that said some of the thoughts about about the different characters it's all it's just so well done and actually there is a folder somewhere on this computer that I am currently on there's a bunch of graphics that I had Leo start making she does graphic design that is the the t-shirt that Styles wears in this fic the wolfsbane is my kryptonite <laughs> shirt oh, and nice. um and, like, I was going to get one professionally made, like, in the same colours that he has in this because, like, as soon as I read it, I'm like, can you make this? And she's like, <laughs> probably. I really loved it. Just lots of little aspects like that worked. And the writing is beautiful. Like, the writing is done, like, it's it's just really, really well written, like, compared to most other fan fiction out there. That's a big thing for me is that the writing has to be, you know, really well done. And, I mean... Fan fiction is sort of like an amateur thing. You don't really expect it to be perfect like you would when you pick up a novel. But I think when it is that quality, it just it makes it come more alive. And it's just 
it's a lot better. And this one was just, yeah, the writing was really beautiful. The other things I liked about this fic in general, this was my favorite of the three and actually like one of the best ones that I've read of anything so far. I really, really enjoyed it. But this gives a reason for why Derek stays in the house, which I think, you know, is sort of like an inside joke with the fandom is, Mm. you know, he's always staying in this burnt down house and that sort of thing. But I think you know, this one sort of explores why, and I wasn't expecting that, and it's sort of like, oh, wow, you know, that makes a lot of sense. And it also makes the whole Derek liking Styles thing really realistic, which is, again, a big thing for me, because he finds comfort in Styles and realizes that Styles is helping him, and I just, yeah, I just really liked that part about it. Yeah, and I mean, for all that, again, we were saying, like, oh, it would make more sense for them to get together once they got to know each other and were friends, and that this starts right after the season two finishes. It also does make sense to me that Styles looked at what happened, knew that Derek wasn't the bad guy, and that he, like, needed help. Like, that he, you know, he knows that Derek isn't evil. Like, kind of, Scott's so objective, like, objecting to him so much, but Scott... You know, Styles, you know, not only obviously does it mention sort of Scott becoming close with Isaac, but I think I think he would be that objective, like Styles in in real life, like in real life. I think Styles in the show really would be that objective and be like, well, you know, I know, you know, that you're not bad and and whatever, and that actually would go and um and see how Derek was doing after that, even if it's just because he thought no one else would. Courtney, what? I mean, obviously you recommended it, but what, like, what did you like about it specifically? I I don't know. It's just, there's, as a whole, it's great, but there's just a bunch of little things in it that she touches on. I'm like, yes, yes, that's it. Yeah. That's perfect. Like, she hits the personality quirks, like, how how I would imagine them from the show. Yeah, she... And just, it's perfect. Yeah, there's just a lot, like, sometimes you just read fan fiction that just is right. Like, it... Yeah, it's just when it's that well written and, and they get the character that much, it's just oh yeah, I, I haven't that you'll that you'll skim through and, and you you're know, like oh yeah okay up. you but, know like, this one it was just like soaking it up like <laughs> yeah like pretty much every every line like sometimes you know fan fiction just seems a bit like filler like you're you, you're putting these characters onto a like sometimes a fan fiction is just like you know the vehicle for someone's story and they're not necessarily they're okay the characterization is okay but they're not tapping into the characters that deeply and it's just sort of it's more about the plot yeah it's sort of a caricature of of the character in the show and it's more based around the plot but this is just right like it is just absolutely so exactly what would happen we can't even come up with yeah it's 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 very very good characterization that's I can't think of better words. I'm trying to remember if there's any, like, specific little things that I was like, yes, I mean, besides from the quotes, obviously, any, like, little side pieces that I was like, oh, god damn. Like, sometimes fan fiction, you just, they just mention something and you're like, oh, god damn it. Like, you know, you know, little, little painful things or. Right in the feels. Yeah, or whatever. Oh, I remember. There was one bit, and this isn't in the quotes, but. I mean, basically, I mean, what happens is, besides from what's in the summary, is, yes, yeah, Styles basically goes to check up on Derek after everything goes down and uh, starts sort of, you know, has an argument with him about staying in the house and then starts pulling Derek's house down and then sort of without any words being spoken, he just starts showing up every day and they start pulling down the Hale house together, basically, and just working on it. 
very and not talking and very gradually they sort of start to talk and in one day, one day they're kind of talking about uh Jackson and Lydia and you know Styles liking Lydia and and there's a bit where sort of Styles is saying you know he think he thought that Jackson and Lydia were sort of the real deal so he might as well give up and he he says like I've just scrolled down to it but he says you know it was obvious when she chose him couldn't be a more dramatic declaration of love than offering the key to your heart and bringing someone back from the brink of death could there and then says Derek thinks there could an image flitting through his mind of Styles's Jeep crashing into the warehouse and smacking into Jackson's reptilian form but he keeps quiet like just acknowledging that like acknowledging regardless of who it was that thought it but like that Styles did that like and and that I don't know it just really killed me that like it like that he that they mentioned that and there was a lot it was a good fan fiction my quote is more about I guess it's a characterization thing and I just thought it stuck it says Styles' intense desire to know everything and research it makes him a valuable ally but also one likely to stick their nose in at unwelcome times to be the voice of reason when reason is sorely inconvenient and Fang's much more proficient. <laughs> I just thought that was, I mean, no explanation needed. I thought it was perfect. Yes, it's Styles. I had two short ones, actually. One about Styles and one about Derek, and they were characterization either. And this was Derek thinking about Styles, and it was just sort of half a sentence in his, like, rambling thoughts about Styles, but it says, someone who wears his heart on his sleeve in the hopes that no one will notice the gaping hole in his chest. And I was just like, yeah, that is Styles. And it sort of goes on to say, you know, someone who amuses to deflect, like, uses hum- you know, is a clown, amuses to deflect. And that's obviously true that the clowning and amusing to deflect but this aspect that that he's the best way to lie or cover up something is to tell the truth about something else does that make sense Mm -hmm. and that is what styles does he is so open with his feelings and it potentially is because he's covering up more if you know what i mean like the more open you are the more people suspect that you are being open and therefore not hiding if that makes sense and so that I loved like that was just made so much sense to me about styles and and in general so yeah I loved that and then another one it was sort of Derek thinking about himself as well and about like his pastor relationship you know with Kate and like how Laura dealt with him and he just said it just says if life has taught him anything, it's that he's not fit for consumption. And that was him thinking about himself. And I just felt bad about it because Derek is dysfunctional. <laughs> Both of those quotes were so hard. Like, they just hit me really hard. I they know. really good ones. Right. My quote hit me really hard, too. And this one, it goes on to say, I only really had my sister, Derek says, and this time it is bitter. Styles does look somewhat horrified at, the, at that sentence. Derek guesses it's because they all forget that everyone was so caught up on werewolves being real and Scott being one that it never occurred to them he'd just lost his sister, had just buried half her body next to his house like a dog burying half an effing bone. And it's so true, I think, in the fandom as well, because we do sort of forget that Derek lost his sister that not years you know, ago, like just now. Like, yeah, 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 like, I mean, he came home and he buried her and you kind of don't realize it. And this fic just like pointed it out to me. And I was like, Oh God, you know, like I, I just feel so 
much worse for Derek. I didn't think that was possible, but it's just, it's really horrible. Yeah, it's not nice. It makes you wonder what his emotional state was like before she died, whether he was that damaged since the fire, or like I said, if he'd gone through recovery, if they'd had a life together, if he'd been relatively normal, and then that this had just sent him back, you know, to horribleness. Yeah. I actually have sort of a, a second one, too. It, it's kind of funny, mm-hmm. um, just how I interpreted it at first. But it says, Derek knows the stairs are probably the most structurally sound part of the whole house. He built them with his dad. And before they got to the second sentence, I thought he was going to say it's because nobody used them. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Oh, I shouldn't laugh at that. <laughs> That's <sighs> <But> yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the next one, we're going to move on to, it's more friendship-based. Uh, this one is called You Know What I Mean, and it's by Stalinsky Sparkles. This is uh, more focused on Allison and Styles' friendship, which I thought was interesting because you don't really see much of their friendship in the show, and the fact that they focused on it was great to me but the summary is um where allison and styles spend the summer catching the bus together and it's awkward as hell until it's not i like this one this one was right after season two i believe as well it kind of you know allison and scott are broken up styles is suffer you know has his own issues dealing with after everything and they kind of just start bonding together and i i really liked how they interpreted this this friendship i've never read something so solely from alliston i mean first of all i don't like fan fiction written in the first person none of these are in the first person so when i say from her perspective i mean like it's close third person you know like harry potter is close third person to harry's mind i don't like first person in fan fiction ever pretty much i i don't mind some novels that have first person but i do not like it in fan fiction this is not first person and i've never read something from allison's perspective before and i really enjoyed it so perhaps i should look for more yeah i really loved the way that their relationship sort of bloomed in this one and um kind of what you were saying before Natalie how you're saying you need that to be whatever in real life that's what I wrote down for this one was I need them to be BFFs in real life Mm. meaning of course the television show yeah (laughs) Um, apparently that's real life to us but uh, I thought that was really great I really liked seeing Steric from the outside in this one I thought that was Mm. a really interesting twist and the other thing that I really picked up on that they do in the show too but I just this sort of highlighted it a bit more was the kind of gender swap between Victoria and Chris in that Victoria's the really stern one when I think it says um, Allison falls off her bike and Victoria's the one that lectures her on balance and Chris is the one that, you know, patches her up and kind of kisses her hands. And it's just like, you know, he's the loving one, whereas the mother is the really stern one. And I think that's just a really interesting and different thing both in the show and you know in this spec in particular yeah there was a bit later on as well where styles was like they're talking about allison's parents and Styles was saying yeah your dad scares crap out of me and she says i think the only person that wasn't scared of him was my mom and styles says yeah she was terrifying and i really liked that aspect i was kind of surprised not surprised in a bad way but like i was surprised it went to like a steric place but like you said i kind of liked seeing that from the outside other aspects I really liked was Lydia and Styles kind of coming to their 
friendship as well, like via Allison, and they have that whole conversation about he's all like, oh, I can't believe I was in love with you for so long. And they're at that point where they, you know, where Styles isn't interested in her like that but does care about her and and they're very jokey about their friendship. I like that. I also love and need this to happen in the show in some way. I love that Allison finds out why Derek bit her mother and and her mother was forced, quote-unquote, to kill herself, that he, she finds out it was because he was saving Scott because he, her mother was trying to kill Scott and that, you know, and she questions. She's like, I don't understand. Like, so she would have just been a werewolf. Why couldn't she have just been a werewolf? And, you know, Scott's not a bad person. And all of these things that you ask yourself watching the show when Victoria does try to kill herself. So I really love that that was addressed as well. Y'all brought up Steric. It wasn't a focal point. I like how it was very tossed in the background. It wasn't a, a big deal at all. Yeah. And it was just kind of, you know, even seeing Allison's view, how, you know, how an outsider would see it because you're not looking through Styles or Derek. And I thought that was, that yeah. was fun. I did as well. Like I, I, and again, it was sort of realistic in that it was a really great line where she was like, Derek had been helping Styles fix the, the Jeep after it had been damaged in that whole battle. And, you know, she says, he stole your car. Um, cause apparently Derek just took it and he stole your car. And she, he's like, I think he thought he was being nice. And it's just like, that's so true. Like yeah. Derek, Derek would suck that badly. So, um, I liked that as well. Yeah. Gerard as well. They kind of addressed um, trying to track down Gerard and, and Derek going ahead and killing him so that Allison didn't have to deal with it and, the, you know, the others didn't have to deal with it. So that was interesting. I really liked, yeah, pretty much all aspects of this. And, again, I think Allison and Styles had a great dynamic in the show. So, yeah, I need it to happen in real life too. <laughs> <laughs> Quotes. Mine is... It's Allison kind of thinking about herself after destruction spree she went on. It's, it says, she wonders how Kate walked around with it for so many years, if she even ever thought about the amount of grief and destruction she caused. In her darker moments, she thinks maybe Kate didn't feel any guilt. It makes her feel worse. Allison feels guilt. She feels remorse and resentment and anger and fear. She's afraid of that person. She became what the strength inside of her was used for. And I just thought that was great see I loved this as well it originally I actually had the first half of this quote the bit talking about Kate not having guilt and Courtney had the bit about the strength inside it was used for and I was like we might as well put these all under one quote seeing as they're literally the lines that go one after the other but the whole sentiment is really um pretty intense and yeah so I picked one instead I just picked one of the fu- a funny one uh which was when Styles and Al- Styles and Allison at a, a point theorizing whether unicorns are real, you know, Allison kind of shoots him down, being like, "If they were, they'd probably just like be all bloody and gory with their horn." And Styles goes, "Why do you insist on taking my dreams away from me?" And it was just such a funny line that I could actually imagine him saying in the show, if you know, if he went off on a crazy tangent, and then someone was like, "Actually, no." Um, it was just a line that I felt was really a dialogue that I felt was really him, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My favorite line was just uh, Styles saying, we should watch Buffy later, get inspired. And I just need there to be Buffy references in the show because <laughs> I think that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I could get into that. I like that it was just, again, after like when they were talking about like, should we sing a song about how we're all friends 
despite the fact and and when he said that he was definitely referencing like the musical episode like um yeah. and uh-huh. a teen wolf musical episode would be uh it would be something is what it would be <laughs> <laughs> we're not quite sure what words are, but it's something all right yeah so that's that one, and so you can read that one if you like. Pretty. It was. It was a very short, like supposed to be lighthearted fic about the pack, and including Melissa McCall. It's called uh, Werewolves Anonymous, and it's by Tam is my father. And the summary is just: it's a supernatural support group created by Melissa McCall. And I think after reading the first two fics, the jer- they're a bit more heavy and serious. I tossed in this one, which is supposed to be funny. Basically, Melissa McCall puts together a werewolves anonymous support group and has everybody come to the house and talk about themselves and i just thought it was really funny and surprisingly in character yeah it was it was slightly ridiculous like it was kind of cracky uh, and i mean i've read i've read other crack that's even even crackier but um <laughs> it was cute like um and i feel like that once she does know about all the wolves that she would try and help them cope at least so i kind of liked that yeah i just can't believe that she'll force them there like force them all there i like the characterization a lot i think melissa um she just really kind of jumped off the page for me i could really see like her mannerisms and stuff that they wrote sort of coming to life so i thought that was cool i also <laughs> i oddly really liked that isaac had a crush on melissa i yeah. thought that was hilarious i definitely think that's something that could work like uh, not as yeah. a couple but like that they could play into the show like because they're always like oh you, you know your mom's have you seen you know your mom's hot etc so isaac really doesn't stick around for scott he just has no idea he's there for melissa <laughs> yeah lol would love we had a couple of quotes from this. I put one in. I really liked, um, at a point, sort of Derek. She was trying to get them all to start speaking, and Derek kind of sassed one of the others, and it just says, He'd been out of school too long. He didn't remember the cardinal rule that all the betas knew, like instinct. If you don't want the teacher to call on you, you don't say anything ever, because then Melissa starts encouraging him to speak about his feelings. So I kind of liked <laughs> that as, like, a, a little thing, an awkward, you know, lurker of teenagers, Derek Hale. <laughs> My favorite one was uh, Derek fixed her with a patented glare of doom and performed his best impression of a brick wall. But what makes this line so brilliant is that they capitalized glare of doom and put a little trademark symbol afterwards. And it's just, it's perfect. I can imagine it perfectly. And oh my goodness. Yeah, it was so funny. I was definitely just like cackling through this entire fic. I'm sure Jeff references that in the script pretty often. (laughs) There is a glare of doom. I would love to see, like, Teen Wolf's, like, stage directions in the script because, okay, Glee has the most ridiculous ones. Like, I've seen pages of Glee scripts and the way they write, like, like their directions of, like, what is meant to happen as as opposed to the dialogue is, like, it's so unprofessional, like, and it's, like, phrased, like, so ridiculously and I just wonder about Teen Wolves if it's like really hilarious if you know what I mean in in the way that they describe like the feelings that you're meant to be acting out or the kind of the thoughts behind the lines because a lot I mean a lot of that should be actually the director speaking to the actors but some scripts uh do write in like what you it is and I would love to see if Jeff have a, has any you know glare of doom tm style things in there I agree I'd love to see that 
Yeah, that'd be great. Anyway, sorry that this is so long or, <laughs> you know, hope you enjoyed it being this long at least. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, here we go. We've, you've got what you desired. You got our um, our slash um, episode. So, obviously, there's so much that we could have added. Like, there's so many fan fictions. You know, obviously, we weren't going to be able to talk about, like, every fan fiction ever. These were just a very small sector and uh you know if there's anything you want to send us anything you know you think that we've missed the point on or anything you agree with is you can always contact us twitter or tumblr or email and let us know you know what slash what team wolf shipping is like in your particular world for now though we better sign off seeing as this is really long um (laughs) Thank you, Courtney, for coming on again. Yeah, thank oh. you to Courtney for organizing this episode um, and thank you picking too. out the fan fictions and having the knowledge about all of the different things. It was a it was a tough job. Yeah. It really was. Yeah, it's not like it's stuff you spend time doing anyway or anything like that. <laughs> Horrifyingly true um, and embarrassing, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, um, obviously Courtney's always around with us online as well. If you want her to come on more episodes, just let us know because we can make her do that. Um, <laughs> Twist my arm, guys. Sounded, arm. sounded ominous. So, yeah, but for now, we'll say bye. So, everyone say bye. <laughs> bye. Bye-bye. Okay, everyone say some words. So, yeah. <laughs> Y'all want to tell you what I saw that was so funny on Tumblr that made me cry? Oh, okay. Yes. Do, do you want it to be part of the show or do, was this a no, no? Oh, I don't think it's going to be appropriate for the show, so no. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> I was like, this is so inappropriate, but I cannot help but laugh. It's just perfect. Oh, I like when people are sassy. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, poor, poor Tyler Hicklin.